Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to another episode of the Monthly Comics Cast, brought to you by the New England Society of Geeks. And that means that, of course, I am Derek, and I have with me the Cosmic Comic Guru, Dario. Hey, everybody. All right. Let's talk some comics. So, as always, we'll start with our comic reviews. I will let you go first. Sounds good. Let's see, I have a small selection of things. Uh, going to be going back and forth between Marvel and DC and a few independents this time. Ooh. Uh, as always, I on DC. Of course. So, my uh, DC's been doing this event called the Deceased, mm-hmm. we've talked about before, which is about um, not necessarily a, a real zombie virus, but something that replicates a zombie virus. Right. In the DC Universe. But it's more... It's not really a zombie virus. It's through, like, technology yeah. and... It's, yeah. It's, 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 uh... The anti-life equation and technology, maybe some magic. Right. But that's been going on, and apparently it's been doing well enough for them to do a, a side story. That side story. Now, as Derek and I were discussing earlier before we started recording, it's a confusing front cover. <laughs> because very, it, It's a take on a, on a horror movie, which neither one of us can remember which one it was. Yeah. Haunting or The Reckoning or something like that. Right. And the tagline for the horror movie was whatever the name. Based on the true case files of whatever the people. <laughs> this is how much I know. Well put. So this book is The Deceasoning, based on the true case files of the Waynes. And it's a take on that movie poster. But again, that's not the actual Not the title. title. Nope. <laughs> Very small letters in the bottom, <laughs> the bottom of, the of the It's called thing. Deceased, A Good Day to Die, Issue 1. So it took me a long time to figure out that that wasn't that this wasn't the title. <laughs> the only reason I knew that actually, so what happened to me was I wanted to pick that up mm-hmm. because I had read about it in in uh, the comic shop news yep. previews, and I read the the actual title. Yep. So when I got to when I went to the store yep. to pick it up, I saw that. And I'm like, oh well, that's not it. <laughs> So I almost walked past it, and then I noticed the bottom, and I'm like, oh, that is it. That's <laughs> the best marketing in the entire world. <laughs> yeah. So this is written by Tom Taylor and penciled by a number of different people. Uh, penciled by Laura Braga. Um, she does all the pages that involve the main heroes, which mm-hmm. would be Big Barter, Mr. Miracle, Blue Beetle, and Booster Gold. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Mr. Terrific. Uh, and then Derek Robertson draws all the pages that involve John Constantine, which I think is really good because the pages for John Constantine fit that character, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like Derek Robertson. Yep, I think I'm going to start following his work. Um, and it's inked by Richard Friend and also Trevor Scott. So they had different inkers. Oh, my God, in the third person, uh, Derek Robertson also inked too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, lot of going on here in this book. So uh, aside from being a... 
continuation of the main story happening in Deceased, it's also somewhat of a sequel to Tom King's Mr. Miracle in the way that <clears throat> Mr. Miracle and Big Bada, Big Bada, Bada Bada, I don't know how to say it right. Cause I'm, Big Bada Boom. Yeah, right? <laughs> are coming back from Apocalypse after the death of Darkseid, and they're winning the war that happened in that book, and finding out that Earth is taken over by this undead virus. Uh, in the meantime, Mr. Terrific is investigating, trying to find ways to stop it. He's doing experiments on a zombified Captain Boomerang. Uh, can't quite figure it out. And when he gets a, a, a notification that a boom tomb has been activated, so he knows it's, he knows it's Mr. Miracle, so he goes to go check, go talk to him. Um, one of the things that they mention is that uh, Mr. Terrific is actually using technology and looking at like screens and right. testing on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways that the virus is transmitted. It's transmitted through blood and also through tech. Mm-hmm. And very conveniently, his team mask protects him from that. Yes. Very conveniently. Very convenient. Wouldn't it be nice if he could replicate that and give it to all the other heroes that it are with would, him? Yes. <laughs> Does yes. he do that? No. No. <laughs> Instead, he just, he's like, thanks. This is my mask. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I kind of have a vague knowledge of Mr. Ter- Terrific. He's a combination of cool and not cool. Yeah, but I don't know like his origin or anything. So He's a regular person who has perfected himself to the limit of human perfection. He's also right. so smart. He's got five PhDs, and he's, he's just terrific. <laughs> but I didn't... I, don't know where the mask came from or why it's why he wears a t on his face well i get it t for terrific but (laughs) why i didn't know it was called a t mask i don't know why it would repel or you know not allow him to not get infected story sure (laughs) i also didn't realize it was a mask i always kind of thought it was face paint me too So, you know, there you go. So we're kind of in the same boat. Mm. Now, he's obviously um, a modernization of the Golden Age Mr. Terrific. Right. Who is just about fair play and goodwill and all mm. that stuff. Classic, you know, Golden Age kind of a dude. All that terrific stuff. Yeah, all that terrific stuff. He was a member of the Justice Society of America. So when they modernized him, they created this character. And they keep using him, even though I don't love the character. Mm. Like, they use him a lot. He's uh, Sometimes you see him in the background of animated shows. Um, other times he may be more presented in the forefront, but a lot of times I see him kind of running around in the background. It's like, hey, there goes Mr. Terrific. He's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that dude is terrific. Mr. <laughs> terrific. He he does a lot of these kind of thing. He's in a lot of these type of... He's in lots of lab scenes. When they need someone smart, yes. he's standing around with his T-spheres. He's, yeah, his T-spheres, yeah. He, he's in a lot of the, um like, big books, and like when they do things like this. Yeah. He's their, he's their go-to guy yeah. for, for smart things. So after he goes and meets up with Mr. Miracle and Big Butter and tells them what's going on. And they decide that they need to go get more help because uh, he has a plan. And he needs Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. A terrific plan. It's a terrific plan. <laughs> and they're holed up in court industries. Um, so they go out and fight more zombies. They kill more people. They make now, some jokes. Before you continue, mm-hmm. I, of course, love Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Yep. They're the best. So- that's kind of part. They're written part, very well in this. Yes. Yeah. So. That's a big part of why I wanted to get this book. Yeah. Like, I was like, man, I don't know. Oh, who's the golden blue beetle? Yep. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm in. 
Mm-hmm. So they decide he's like, okay, I got, I got, I, I have a plan. Uh, we're gonna, we can't tackle this thing through technology. His first plan was to get Mister Miracle and go to back to Apocalypse, right? And investigate the origin point, right? Apocalypse is destroyed. So he's like, okay, that's off the table. There's nothing there. <laughs> right. That's off the table. We can't do that. So he's like, plan two, we need magic. So right. they go to visit. They go to, they, they, they get Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. They get in the, the flying bug and they go to London and they meet up with uh, John Constantine. And then we have the change in art style and I'll let you look through it. It's very nice. I don't know if you've looked through this already. I've read it. Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay. And so. It's written as you would expect the John Constantine story to be to be written, where he's trying to do good, but bad things happen, mm-hmm. and he has an attitude about it, which is that's, the way it should be written. That's Constantine. <laughs> that's Constantine. So they recruit him, or they attempt that's, to recruit him. Sounds like a bad sitcom. That's Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they try and recruit him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not going to have anything of it. I'm just going to go take off and." Go to the you know dimensional wizards bar and spend my last days there. Well, he did also say, "Oh, I tried to do something about it, didn't work." So, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna go drink myself to death. So they're like, "All right, that doesn't work. We can't. We're not gonna get John to help us." So they decide. They ask what the third part of the plan was, and he's like, "Well, the third part of my plan involved like something that could drastically destroy reality." He goes, "And I don't want to try that right now." And they're like, "Okay, so." What are we going to do? So he, so Mr. Terrific kind of thinks about it for a little while. And then he decides, okay, we're going to go get Booster Gold's time machine. And we're going to just have him go back in time. The time bubble. And fix this whole thing. Yes. Uh, which sounds like a great plan. Sure. Um, and then Constantine is in his mystical bar and has a change of heart and decides to go back and help. Yeah. I'm still not. I assume they'll get to that at some point in, in the series. What? But I'm not exactly sure why he had a change of heart. He was about to drink himself drunk. He was. He asked for the for the bottle on the top shelf, the stuff mm-hmm. that made Phantom Stranger forget his name, which I <laughs> thought was very funny. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and he was about to drink it, and he just was like, "Ah, screw yeah. this." And he's like, "It's because yeah. he's because like, even though he's the way he is, he's still a hero, and he can't he can't just turn his back on everybody." Yeah, but there's something something I don't know. See, to me, I think that's it. Now, there could be more, but to Maybe. me, I think that's it. But it seemed like there was more to it than that. Like he thought of something, or I don't know. Maybe it is just that. I don't know. So they decide to go and uh, try and get to the time bubble, and they have to fight a bunch of zombies to get there. And in the process, Mister Miracle and Big Bada have to sacrifice themselves. Oh, where did they where did they have to go? They had to go to Malibu to Fire and Ice's house because oh, right, yeah. that's where it was being kept. Yeah. And Fire and Ice were turned into zombies, so right. it became a big fight. Which is seems an odd place to keep it, but whatever. Yeah, there's another funny line in here where they're about the Mister Miracle and, and Big Bird are about to die, or or, or at a point where they have to decide: do they sacrifice themselves or do they escape? And uh, and what does it say here? It says, "I know we have to keep fighting. We have to give Booster Gold a chance to save the universe." Bada says, "What a ridiculous sentence!" And Mister Miracle goes, "But he can turn back time. He can find a way." <laughs> and she goes. Do you really want your last words to be quoting a share song? <laughs> <laughs> and he just that was and, good. And yeah. he just says, "I like share." <laughs> <laughs> and then they they get over overrun by zombies and they die. Um, so technically, his last words are, "I like share." <laughs> yeah, just very much. <laughs> so right when they get to the time sphere, an oldie but a goodie shows up. When I say oldie, this is a character that was created in the nineties, but for many people, that's old. 
the wave rider is standing there blocking their way yeah, to the time yeah. bubble. Now, when he's, did you have the same reaction I did? I was like, wave rider. No, I had, here's the reaction I had. I was reading it and like, and I went, uh, Fire Lord. I'm like, oh, that's Marvel. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Firestorm. But yeah, he looks like Fire Lord too. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like saying, you can't, you can't use a time bubble. I can't let you go back in time and change anything. Um, and he's also there to arrest Blue Beetle. I mean, not Blue yeah. Beetle, Booster Gold. So they started having a little bit of a conversation. And then uh, Constantine shows up and starts threatening Wave Rider. And Wave Rider's like, there's nothing you do to stop me. And Constantine looks at him and says, well, can you see my future? <laughs> Wave Rider can see everybody's future. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, I can't see your future. He's like, there you go. And then he just kicks his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um. So to speed things along, basically, um, there's a something happens, and this is where I get confused because I think maybe I forgot something that happened in the main storyline. But they're about to get into the time bubble, and right, all of a sudden somebody says, "Did you hear that?" Or Booster uh, Blue, Blue Booster Gold collapses, and that's when they realize that <laughs> that was when oh Wave Rider says it is as it should be, and Boost and Blue Beetle says, "What's happening?" He says, "The end." Kal-El of Krypton has found Barry Allen of Earth and the rebel of Keystone City. And they realize that Flash goes to the future and kills Booster before he can go back in time. Mm. So that basically erases Booster from reality. Right. Um, I don't remember when that happened in the other book. I don't either. So I, don't, I don't think it did. So maybe we're ahead of something that's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to have to go back just, and check. That's a hint yeah. of something. To, or, I mean, it kind of sounds like it. To me, for a minute, I was like, is he going back to Crisis on, on Infinite Earths? Or... Maybe. Like, that's all. What does that have to do with the deceased? And I don't know. Yeah. So. I guess we'll find out. Basically, he disappears. Their only chance to change time is done. Uh, Wave Rider's about to take off. Constantine stops him and says, there's no way you're just walking away from this. So he casts a spell on him that stops him from going back in the, from, from manipulating time. Mm-hmm. And he gets eaten by zombies. Mm-hmm. And then Constantine is about to let himself get eaten by zombies, but then uh, Dr. Fate and Zatanna show up and recruit him for help. Yes. Because everybody goes to Constantine for help. So- <laughs> and Constantine doesn't want to help Constantine anybody. Constantine doesn't want to help anybody. <laughs> like, leave me alone. And that's where we leave off until the next issue. Now, now yeah, yes. I One thing I liked about this book is is the cast they used. Yep. Because I like... I like everybody in the cast. One of the things I love about DC is some of the um, lower tier characters, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Yeah. Like, I love Booster. I love yeah. Blue Beetle. I love Constantine. At the end, I was Dr. Fate and Zatanna. I was like, yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, Mr. Terrific, man, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dr. Fate's barely used because he's so tied up in the in the Justice Society part of, what, yeah. of, of, yeah. of, of his history that they haven't used him forever, but he's... Doctor Strange of the DC Universe. Right. He's the, he's I the even like that they started off with Big Barda and Mr. Miracle. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this is cool. You know, I'm all in. Yeah. Whenever so, there's stuff with them in a book, I, I read it because yeah. I like those two characters. So it's fun. I like, and the, there's <clears throat> none of the big guys in yep. in it. Yeah. Which is, for me, is like, all right, cool. Yeah. It shows it's you what's fun. going on with the with the lower tier characters. Right. Um, yeah. So I liked it a lot. Um, let's see. What do we do? It's a, uh, it's a. Uh, Five, six, in a full gauntlet, right? One of these days, you're I'll, just going to get it right off I will the bat. get it right off the bat. I have to always count. I do if you need. I have... I always count my knuckles. I, I do have Thanos right behind you holding up the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, so. I'm going to give this a five. 
I liked it quite a bit. I thought the art was good. I thought the story was good. And thought it fit the season because it's a Halloween-y kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll agree with that. Yeah. I so, enjoyed it. I it's was good. It is, it's a mini-series, right? Yes. There's, so there's going to be more. Yeah. I believe. Well, it's definitely, uh, it definitely ends off to be continued. Yeah. So... So I'll, I'm looking forward. I I almost I don't know. I think oh, this is to be continued? Question mark. Oh, maybe it's a one shot. Well, maybe it is a one shot. I almost, in a way, kind of enjoyed it more than the main DC st- title. But I think that's just because it's the I like it equally. I think I think for me because it's the lower tiered characters that I enjoy so much. Yeah, I think that's why I enjoy it more. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's a good book. It's a good book. It's a good All right. Book. So the next book on my list is this Monsters. Is one I was interested in, but then I forgot to pick it up. Mon- Monsters from Marvel. And, well, it's just called Monsters, but Marvel is a company that puts it out. It's a one shot. And if anybody listening has any uh, knowledge of all the um, strange adventures and 1960s giant monster things that mm. they did yep. it's basically harkens back to that and also the miniseries that they did a year or two ago uh, where they introduced a kaiju kid oh right the kid yeah. that could draw the monsters and they would come to life right which is a great concept yeah it's not working comic wise as far as i'm doing a series out of it but it's a great concept i think i mean because who as a kid didn't draw monsters and wish you know that we could just right yeah do all this, all this crazy and have stuff them come to life yeah exactly so it's a very it's this is a mixed book. This is a this is a art book and it's also a story. Like the first few pages is Kid Kaiju and his sidekick um Scrag. Scrag. Yeah. <laughs> uh are investigating an ancient castle in the Baltic Sea. And the first panel is like a kind of a take on the on the Teen Titans Go. Because in Teen Titans Go they always show the outside of the tower and mm. then and then and then the seagull. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sitting outside, and to me, that's kind of a take of that. And the seagull here is like a Frankenstein seagull. It's been <laughs> stitched together. So they go into the lab, and they find this monster book and all the all this equipment to be used to create monsters. And it's very creepy and very Halloween-y. And Scrag's a riot to listen to because he just screams out everything that he's thinking about, just like the old monsters used to do. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> And they find the book, and he reads it and realizes that it's the Anatomy of the Monstrous. Right. It's published oh, yeah. by Timely Publishing, which I thought was very oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, there at that point, and this is just the first like three pages that they talk this story. And then after that, it's literally splash pages of oh. a monster. So they'll have a modern artist doing a creature, like in this case, Fin Fang Foom. And then on the other page... There's like a cutaway of the monster done in a Japanese style that talks about its powers, its stats. Not like not like the um, Marvel Handbook kind of a thing, but it's it's very much a Japanese style. Uh, And they do it with everything. They go through, and it's kind of like when I was a kid, there was an X Men book that came out right after they finished Secret Wars, and and when everybody got teleported back to their homes, the X Men for some reason got dumped into Japan. Mm-hmm. And um, the dragon that Lockheed had like hooked up with became a giant dragon. Oh right! Yeah. And they land next to these like the the, the X Men fall in the sky and the giant dragons flying overhead. And uh, they land next to these kids that have a that have like a little 
manga size book that 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 is like a handbook of all the kaiju that oh, that, yeah. that are in the Marvel universe. Yeah, and they're like, oh, this is not in our book. We just come in a new monster. So this kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> but they have Man Thing in here. Cool. They have all kinds of stuff. Magog, nice. huh? Space Beast, which is a character I don't remember, but I'm sure I could look them up. Manphibian, ah, Zutak. Uh, they also kind of give you drawings that show you their scale, too, which is good. Oh, yeah, uh, cool. Olivar and Gigantus, which was a kind of a fun little story. Huh. Um, Monstro. Huh. Monstro again. Apparently two creatures named Monstro. Yeah, and then they, go back to the, then they go back to the, the main story where he gets interrupted. Uh, Kid Kaiju gets interrupted reading the book. And we get introduced to his nemesis now. His new nemesis is Maximilian Frankenstein. Oh, a direct oh, descendant of the Frankenstein line. Oh, 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 oh. Who wants his book back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they get in a fight. And um, obviously Kid Kaiju wins, but he doesn't catch the bad guy. And Max Frankenstein takes off and he's like, ha ha, we'll beat again, Kid Kaiju. So, And thus it's there a, will be future. Yeah. It's so a, this is just a one shot. It's just a one shot. It's, it's, and it's, a, it's, to me, mostly an art book. Yeah. So, and I, I liked it. I think if Marvel did pinups of the Japanese side of the, the art, I think that would be awesome. I would actually like to see them come out with an actual book, Anatomy of Monstrous. Yeah, no, that would be really monstrous. cool. Like a little... Now, all the little uh, information bits that they have in there are, are kind of tongue-in-cheek. Right. Yeah. It's like they mentioned Fing Fang Food's pants. Like his pants, they grow and shrink to any size. <laughs> uh so they just it's like it's like they 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 mention their abilities but they also name them you know part of whatever their name is like this one one thing's its stomach is like part of its maybe it's space beast or something but when they talk about its stomach they they somehow work the creature's name into it (laughs) (laughs) so for this book um I, i give this a Story-wise, I think I give it a three for story because the story's not there. Sure, uh, for it's not really right, it's not really meant to do that. I don't yeah. think uh, for the art. Um, I think the art I would give it a five, but overall, the whole book I think I have to give it a four because I think it's something I'm not going to revisit. Right, it's a fun little. It's just a fun little book. Yeah. Something I could spend, you know, five bucks on at the, <laughs> at the comic shop, or it's probably three ninety nine. I do like the way they do this, though. They have the, the big splash page. Yeah, and they have different and artists the, doing them, which yeah, is great. Which I mean, it's cool. a lot of them are the guys that you expect to see. I think there's an Art Adams one in there. I think the first one might be Art Adams. Mm. And I'm glad that they did a Man Thing one because, I mean, you don't, they don't really use them enough right now. Not that I... I prefer Swamp Thing over Man Thing if I was going to talk Bog Beasts. You would. But, <laughs> but uh, Man Thing has kind of grown on me uh, over the years. But because they, you're right. They don't use... They don't really do enough with Man Thing. Yeah, I tried reading it when I was uh, probably 13, 14, back when it was written by Steve Gerber. Is that who it was? Mm. His, stories yeah. were, his stories were a little above me at that point, because mm. uh, he he's a great writer. Uh, I loved his Howard and Duck series. I read that right. recently. Well, probably the last five years. Um, but anyway, overall, I think it's, 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 a, it's probably a four, is what I give this. All right. That's still pretty decent. Yeah. The Ching one. For what it is, yeah. Yeah, for what it is. 
This is another one I had read about and I was kind of interested in, so I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I was looking, I read I read a review on this. You probably read about it in, in Comic Shop News like I did, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought it was sounded very interesting, so I immediately subscribed to it. It's called Drawing Blood, and it is from it's uh, uh, Kevin Eastman Studios. Yes. K-E-S. Um, That's right. It's Kevin Eastman, so I was like, ooh. Yeah. And it is... Semi-biographical story. It's not necessarily a true biogra- autobiography of Kevin Eastman. Right. It's, it's like, but he draws um, upon his, his experiences. It's exaggerated, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, that's what he said in the article Yeah, that we both read. Yeah. So, Drawing Blood, the story behind the stories. Um, and it is about a comic creator. I actually forgot about that book after I... By the name of Shane Bookman. Right. And... He had, in his lifetime, created a comic with his brother called Radical Rearranged Ronin Ragdolls. <laughs> right. <laughs> which, if you think about it, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which yeah, is what Kevin Eastman awesome. created. Yep. Um, so it's kind of funny because after the success of the Turtles, you know, in the 80s, there's so many other copycat things come out, like oh, Radioactive Black Belt. Uh, Hamsters? hamsters. There was there was another yep. name in there though. It was, it was radioactive a, black belt something. Yeah. I don't think they used the word mutant. I don't something think else. so. Yeah, I don't remember. But we both we we both know what we're talking about. That was yeah. probably the most successful copy. I'd say. Whereas so, maybe probably, it went yeah. to three or four issues before it dropped off the face of the earth. Right. Yeah. But there was a whole. There was a whole line of black and white. So yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and ninja stuff. Yeah. Was black, big back then. Black and white comic independent exploded the independent scene outside of Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. And then all kinds of other comics came out. So basically, this is kind of telling the story of that with a twist. Um, so Kevin, I mean, Shane Bookman is the main character and the creator of the Radical the radical Ragdolls. And I picked it up and I started reading it. And I stopped for a minute and I opened the cover and I went back to the cover and I looked. And I took my glasses off like I'm doing now and I looked really close and I said, this is number four. <laughs> <laughs> How did I miss the first three issues? <laughs> and then I'm like, I started advertising comic shop news. I thought it was just going to get launched. And then I'm wondering, did they start with issue four? Are they going to count backwards? <laughs> so I need to do some research because I don't know if I missed three issues or not. The yeah, story right. doesn't, the story is not unreadable. Like I, I'm reading it. Like I get it. I kind of know what's going on. <laughs> well, that's good at least. So the story covers breaking news in the comic world where they're making a movie based on the rag radically dolls. rearranged ragdoll Ronins, or Ronin <laughs> ragdolls. i got to keep this open and remember what they're <laughs> called. And the director is, like, being interviewed on, on YouTube, and he's talking about how, oh, it's going to, his exact words are, these cats are from another planet. They're not your daddy's ragdolls. They're going to be gritty, edgy, lovable, and totally, no, funny and totally lovable. <laughs> That's a lot to uh, to mix in. And Shane's like, oh, shit. <laughs> when he's watching because his, yeah. his, uh, his employee is showing it to him on his phone. <laughs> and then the, the interviewer says, don't you think this will upset the Legion of Ragdoll fans around the world? He says, the fans need to chill out. They have no clue. I'm gonna. This is going to be much better than their lame 90s version. And we're, told, and we're working... Closely with one of the original creators of Ronin Ragdolls to give a give it a more adult story, and it says, "I promise Shane Bookman has approved everything, every step of the way, and he won't let us do anything that the Ragdoll fans won't love." 
Now, of course, this goes over very badly with the fan community. Ah, yes. And he just so happens to be watching this as he's walking into San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, boy. (laughs) And he has to do signings and panels. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God, this is going to blow up my face. (laughs) So he's very quickly trying to do crowd control. Um he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be recognized after he has to deal with the first bunch of uh, of his fans. I mean, he handles it well. Uh but he he's like I got to just disguise myself. So he grabs a, a a paper mask or a plastic mask of one of his mm. characters and walks around. And he's feeling a little depressed and he's like I could just start drinking. He's, he he mentions to himself that he's got a flask of whiskey in his in his pocket mm. and some pills in the other pocket. He's like I could just take this stuff. He's like but I don't want to be foggy head and all this stuff. So he stops at a booth and there's this girl at this booth who is a creator, an independent creator, and she's calling him creepy old man. But in a fun way, she's like, hey, creepy old guy wearing a mask. That's 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 way too small for your in face. In a fun way. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the way it was the way it's written, it's she's not being insulting. Well, right, she's being yeah. insulting, but not right. Not like super bad. <laughs> so he's like looking over her stuff and she's like, she's like, I like your taste in characters, at least, even though you're, you know, way too old to be wearing that mask. And uh, and he starts asking about her character, and she's like, "Well, I do this on my own, um, you know, and I and I and I publish it independently, and I let people, you know, call me a crazy woman and insult me because they don't even know who I am." Mm-hmm. And they mention, you know, what happens to woman creators online. All right. Yeah. And and then uh, and then she also goes back to talking about his mask and uh, the characters, and then she's like, starts calling the creator a sellout, and that's and that's him. She starts oh. calling him a sellout and all this stuff. And so they get in a conversation about what constitutes selling out. Oh, interesting. And then uh, and then as he's looking at her art, he just takes his mask off to look at it closely, and she'll see, she recognizes who it is and then feels like a total heel. Oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, don't even worry about it. He's like, you, you, you at least told me how it is. He goes, I like that. And then he invited her to his studio. He's like, maybe I can get your stuff published. And she's like, why would you want to do that? He goes, well, when, I, when we lucked out, he goes and created our characters we opened the studio and our studio was supposed to help people like us kind of get their stuff out mm. he goes and uh, nothing the, 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 the last original thing our studios put out was probably you know 1989 other than that we've been rehashing the same thing over and over again he's like sort of dream my brother and had before had for the studio is dead he goes and he goes in you know you're the next generation maybe huh. you've got what we need so come down show me your art and maybe we can publish it so she's like thrilled mm. So I thought that was interesting because it's talked to talk to the state of the industry and That's all that really stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And uh and then he has to go and deal with the the fans at the panel and he has the guy that was interviewed with him that that did the that did the online interview about how they're gonna be aliens and all mm-hmm. that. And if you think back to when they did the Turtles movie and the first announcement was the turtles were going to be aliens. Do you remember that? Yeah. And do you remember that the the their fan base exploded? Oh yeah. So <laughs> that goes right to that. Oh yeah. And um, so he gets up there and he gets in an argument. Oh, he actually this character Shane Bookman runs into Kevin Eastman as Kevin Eastman is rent, walking out of his panel. He's walking into his. So they, 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 they exchange pleasantries. <laughs> And then the director comes up and he's like, hey, was that Kevin Eastman? And and Shane Bookman's like, yeah. And he goes, tell his turtles to go fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the director's a total jerk. And he's like, he basically gets in Bookman's face. And he's like, he's like your, your entire fan base is going to put this movie out of business before we even do anything with it. He goes, so you need to back me up and do this and do that. And he's like, get in his face. So he's like, whatever. 
he gets up on stage and the people are like, our first question is, how could you do this to your fan base? Basically, mm. they keep revisiting this. And he's like, oh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you brought that up. And he goes, the director's right here with me. He goes, um, the whole thing was a mistake. He's like, we're going to follow the first issue origin 100%. <laughs> he just he just throws the guy into the bus. He's like he's like he was his blood his blood sugar was low. All kinds of stuff was going on in his life. He didn't even know what he was talking about. He thought that the guy was interviewing about Alf, and everybody knows Alf is an alien. And then the guy the, the guy just looks up and goes, "Yes, Alf is an alien." I confused the radical Ronin ragdolls with Alf. So everybody was like, "Hooray!" It started out very hostile. It became applause right and so they're all you know hugging at the end of the at the at the at the panel and the director just whispers in his ear he's like you realize that we have to do like probably two million dollars worth of reshoots right now he's like hey don't worry about it at least your movie will make money now (laughs) yeah really (laughs) (laughs) and then there's a subplot about him doing something on broadway and possibly being involved in the russian mafia don't know about that that's that's that part's confusing Mm. that seems like the long-term storyline that i miss So, um, but this is great. I mean, for a non-superhero comic, it's pretty darn amazing. It sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to try and dig up the other issues now. So, um, if you want to borrow that and read it, you can, or if you want to wait until I get the other ones, maybe it would just be better to get a trade if I can get a trade of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wait. It's definitely something I'll want to check out. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, So it it makes you wonder too, because you know, it's, it's not completely autobiography, but auto. Autobiographical, yeah, yeah, but you wonder a lot of it is, you know, like I said, like we yeah. already said, you and I read the same article and right. they interviewed him in it, and he was like, It's a lot of it's drawn, a lot of it is drawn from my life, but I've made changes to it. Mm-hmm. So, you're gonna, as you're reading it, you're gonna see a lot of things right. that fall into place with my what happened to me in my life. Mm-hmm. He goes, But it's it's been changed or amplified, mm. you know, so who knows. But I liked a lot, and this I would give a five. I'm giving everything a five. That's pretty good, well, considering it, it's number four. Yeah. yeah. I'm, <laughs> that, I'm looking forward really to reading good. the other ones. Next on my list is uh, another DC book, and it's Le- Legion of Superheroes Millennium. Actually, before we jump into this, I have to give you the creative team for Drawing Blood. Um, script. So it was created by Kevin Eastman, and the story is by David Avalone, if I'm saying that right. The script is written by David Avalon. The art's done by Ben Bishop, who I think is actually um, uh, a Maine native. Hmm. I think he lives up in Maine. I tried to get him to come to our store a couple times, and he hasn't responded, so he probably doesn't want to visit. But um, And Kevin Eastman does some of the flashback pages. So when they flash back to his childhood, it's his art. So, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely Kevin Eastman. Yeah. All right, so now let's jump into Millennium, Legion of Superheroes, part one of two. This is done by a bazillion different people, mm. but basically it's written by Brian Bendis. Um, and pencils are Jim Lee, Dustin, uh, Nugent, I think. It's like Nugent, Nugent. It's weird. Yeah. I knew I knew somebody with that last name, and, and she kept trying to get me to pronounce it. Yeah. I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Andrea San, Santino sure. and Andre Lim Arajuno. Again, I'll have to have you write, write that down on your own. It's a difficult name to say. <laughs> and this is a story about Rose and Thorn, who are a split personality character that's been around since the Bronze Age. Oh. 
Yeah. And they're Unfamiliar, being they're yeah. being they're being featured again not super heavily, but they're being they're, she was reintroduced in Action Comics. Yes. Or yep. Superman. One of those two. One of them, yeah. Um Ben just obviously was looking at characters he would use that haven't been used in a while and she's mm-hmm. one of them. Uh she's interesting. I mean, she is a split personality who Rose is the nice one who works at a flower shop. And when she drifts into her other identity, she becomes Thorn, mm-hmm. who runs around and beats people up. Right. Fights crime. Um, she goes from being a good guy to a bad guy. I don't think she's been super villainous, but I think she's been pursued by heroes for doing something that might not be perceived as heroic. Right. Um, somehow. She's kind of almost like Harley Quinn in that, in that way. Kind of. Like, she's she kind of. She's an anti-hero. Yeah, she's like on the line between good good guy and bad guy. Yeah. And, yeah. So somehow she becomes immortal. Oh. She basically lives forever now. I don't know how this happened. I don't think they explained it in this. I read mm-hmm. it about a week and a half ago. Um, but she's trying to figure out how to not be immortal anymore. Um, there's she, she hits certain timelines. Uh, so she gets to a part where she... Goes to visit, at the very beginning of the story, she goes to visit Supergirl, who is president of the United States hmm. in a futuristic world, and tries to get her help. And then then they jump forward to, oh, this is when she becomes, she becomes immortal. She becomes immortal when she does, she has like an encounter with the Suicide Squad. Something happened to her that made her immortal there. So they did say that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and then they jump forward to another timeline where, she, <laughs> and then, and then, <laughs> and then she's in the uh, Batman Beyond universe. Oh, wow! And she's encountering the Batman Beyond. Nice. And then she tries to get some information from him, and he's no help. And then all of a sudden, they jump again, and they're in the Commander universe. Wow! Yeah. And she tries to get uh, Superman's costume from the the ape that is protecting it. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, encounters Commandy, uh, kills the ape, takes the costume, puts it on, expecting it to give her superpowers. And she's like, ah, this doesn't give me any superpowers. She's like, oh, but it's very soft. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. And then, uh, and then she knocks out Commandy and takes off. Um, and then Commandy finds some sort of weird technological thing. And then she is jumped again. Once more, and she's in the timeline of the Legion of Superheroes, mm. and she's trying to join the Legion of Superheroes, and they're like, all right, um, you're crazy. We're going to call the science police, and they're going to arrest you. Because that's one the one thing I remember, not the one thing, it's one of the few things I remember, because I didn't really read a lot of Legion of Superheroes, but in the 90s, yeah, I think, there was Legion of Superheroes and Legionnaires, so two titles that were running at the same time. Oh, right. Uh, Legionnaires was cloned versions of the original super, uh, Legion of Superheroes, mm. and Legion of Superheroes was um, grown up, so mm. they were running coke at the same time. Mm. Uh, and that's when they—that's when they were—that's when I learned that the science police was kind of oppressive and not necessarily uh, good guys. Right. So science police shows up, tries to tries to arrest her, and she takes off. Um, and then in the back of it, there's a little bit of a write up of what they're planning on doing with the Legion of Superheroes. And the timeline of the DC Universe, which I did not read. Um, and it's a two-part story. And I know when they actually released uh, the Legion of Superheroes book, we're going to have uh, Legion rings that we're going to give people. Oh, really? We just, we just ordered them. <laughs> John was like, how many should we order? I'm like, well, we should definitely order one for everybody who buys the comic, which we're doing. And then some that we're going to sell on the side. And uh, I saw a Twitter 
picture or Instagram picture of Brian Bendis holding the ring, and it looks very cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, doesn't look like the cheap plastic. It's cheap plastic, <laughs> but it looks nice. Like when they had the Green Lantern rings yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's going to be like those. I thought those were pretty nice for what they were. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, and they did make a small change. There's not much you could do with the with the with the iconic with the the graphic design of the Legion of Superheroes, but they, they made, I think they made one change, and it might be just in the circle itself. I'm not too sure. Mm. But did I like this? Not so much. Really? Yeah. It's such a. It's just a setup. I was expecting it more to be like a history of the DC universe, and I didn't get that. I got a. I got. I got the scenes I wanted. Like I wanted a commandy scene. It was a great commandy scene. It sure. was really, really good. Okay. It made me want a series. Like, if they do a series, I'll read it. Right. Um, they did a, a Batman a Batman Beyond scene that I was like, I might read that. I'm not too sure. So, as I'm talking it through, it occurs to me that maybe this is just a, a preview book for the series that are coming out, <laughs> which is probably what it is. Yeah, but then why why, why do they do it as a two-parter? Because money. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because money. Yeah. So I'm gonna give this a three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not impressed. Uh, and I gave you all the creative team for that one. Yeah. Okay. The next one on my list is Strike Force. Oh, you read it too. Strike Force. All right. So it is a Marvel comic called Strike Force, and I'll let you try and read the creative team because you have your own copy. The creative team. It is written by Teeny Howard. Uh, it is drawn by Jermaine. Jermaine Peralta, I guess. That sounds or right. Jermaine, Jermaine. And of course, court colors by Jordi Belair, who's one of the great, one of the great known colorists currently. One of the best colors. Um, it is uh, featuring characters that I love quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> which is why I wanted to get it. Yep. Which is why I got it. Um, so it is Blade. Yes. Winter Soldier. Yes. Jessica Jones, Spider-Woman. Yes. Um, Angela from Thor's universe. Yeah. Image universe. Yep. Uh, Damian Hellstrom. Yep. And uh, Monica Rambo. And Spectrum. Spectrum. Yep. Which is probably the name that's stuck the longest. Yeah. Because she's had so many different names. I like the character a lot, though. Yeah. And I, I feel like this is going to be like the, the dark Marvel I felt like it was going to be more of a dark Marvel kind of a thing because mm. Blade was involved, that they'd, they'd fight the underworld and right. vampires and monsters and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but I don't even know what's going on anymore. I mean, they're fighting shape-shifting Fae in the storyline, so yeah. it's kind of weird, dark in that way. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of, or to me, I was thinking it was going to be kind of like Marvel's version of the Justice League Dark. Yeah, probably. But- it's sort of. It's kind of like that, but I don't, it's. But yeah. it's di- yeah. It's issue one. It's set up, right. which is what we talked about a thousand times when yep. we read issue ones. Um, the thing with this is, I took it home, I looked at the first page, and I was like, "All right, I'm not that impressed." <laughs> and I read, I read the opening page with the Avengers, like landing, landing at the uh, the, mm. the viral uh, place, because it opens with all the with all the cast of our book taking all these deadly viruses and getting ready to like release them. And we find out that, that the, uh, um, whatever research facility that they hold all these viruses in, uh, the Avengers were alerted and they were flown in to try and find out what's going on. Cause these can't get out. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm not that impressed. And then as I was reading the book, the writing of it 
was really growing on me. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, the, the 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 way they're talking is 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 very natural yes, and, and yeah. flowed very well. Yeah, and and overall, even though I I don't think I love the art, I think that the writing is really strong in this book. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna keep trying it. Yeah, the art the art is not horrible. It's passable. It's I mean, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yes, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I even like when 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 Blade's like telling his story about you know how he first encountered these shape shifting Fey mm. that it flashes back to his seventies costume. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I know. I saw that. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, okay, I like that quite a bit. Um, there's not a whole lot I can say about this book because there's so much setup. Yeah. And I was I was a little Oh, I will say that I did love the fact when they went to the uh the Indonesian rainforest mm-hmm. that they 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 called out the Doctor Strange Doctor Doom graphic novel. Oh yeah. And they were like, Oh, this is where Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom went and fought the you know, met the Vis- the Vicentani or whatever they're called. And I'm like, Oh, I re- I read that book in nineteen eighty. <laughs> I know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> and what I love too is it was Wiccan who said it. Yeah. And yeah, he, goes, he goes, See, I do my homework. <laughs> and you're like, Okay. <laughs> but um and I was a little not not confused, but about the 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 face shapeshifter creatures. They're very unclear about that. Yeah. They're also very unclear about about Blade's motivations. Right. <clears throat> like he, he like uh, Black Panther calls Blade to to you know find out what's going on, and Blade's like, oh, let's destroy all the cameras and teleport out of here, so yeah. so we don't have to tell the Avengers what's going on. Yeah. And obviously, he he tells them later that the Avengers can't know because. The, the magic involved here infects the mind, and right. once once you're infected by it, you can't get rid of it. Right. And there's a chance that you could lose control of yourself, right. I think, more or less, is what it is. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So, so it was a little... It might get more clear as the, as the series moves on, but... Right. So he didn't, want, he didn't want any of the mainstream Avengers to be affected right. by this. But these guys, who cares? He's like, he's like, you well, already, you already met the Fae. Yeah, you've and they're already, the ones, they're the ones that do this to you. So it's already, you know, so it's whatever. already in you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There was another part I liked, which you, you just reminded me of where, in the beginning, they're like the Avengers are have them all in a room, you know, like an interrogation yeah, room, yeah. And they're talking about what you know, what this is weird. It's not mind control. It's not this. It's not yeah, that. Yeah. And then and uh, it's Iron Man and Black Panther, and they're like. Well, you know, I guess there's only one thing to do. <laughs> and um Iron Man's like, Oh, call Doctor Strange and and Black Panther's like, No, I call Blade <laughs> And you <laughs> And I could just I could just picture Tony being like why would you call Blade? <laughs> Blade'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, and then um one of the other things that they did in here that I thought were really good, um like when they were mentioning the interrogation techniques that the Avengers were using by withholding food. Oh yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, that's one or two other callouts that they didn't hear that I thought were pretty cool. Oh yeah, the references they made to um, War of the Realms that they didn't read mm. about the Black Bifrost being being destroyed, and that's yeah. what causes these dark fae to show up. Right. Um, and then those are referencing the Doctor Strange, uh, Doctor Doom crossover, mm-hmm. and when they meet the head bad guy and he's of royalty and uh, Angela steps up and starts addressing yes. him as, you know, as royalty and as mm-hmm. an equal. And they just get into this, like, it just seems very thematic. 
yeah. the whole thing was very right. It yeah. fit. And then uh, he calls his he calls his royal uh, magician to help take care of it, and it turns out to be Damien Hellstrom. Yeah. And uh, there's a scene in the very back of the book where Wiccan's using his, his magic ability, which I guess bends reality. Mm-hmm. He's throwing beams around, and Damien Hellstrom just holds his hand up, and you see this spectral arm like, oh, yeah. right behind him, and yep. it just grabs the beams out of the air and like yeah. starts whipping them around. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's cool. <laughs> I'm not... Like this whole fight, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, this is not my favorite look for Demon Demon Hellstrom. Nope, he's bald, pointed he, ears. With the, yeah, with the goatee. but his other look isn't good either. His other look is terrible. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's no really good look for Damien Hellstrom. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I like that one a little better than this one. I don't know. The blind guy with the with the with the hair horns. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, now that you mention it, when you put it that way, I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's no good look for him. But then um yeah. So at the end there's there's even a guest appearance by Hellstrom's sister, Satana. Yeah. It's always good when she shows up. Yeah. Um which we don't want to really spoil what happens there, but it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty good. Pretty funny. So am I going to keep reading this book? Yes. Me too. Am I going to read it past issue four? Maybe not. It depends on how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But I still, the cast of like, characters. Yeah. It intrigues what, me. Yes. It's what sold me on the book. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this gets a four in my book. I'll agree with that. Yeah. So yeah. it's a standard, it's a standard good book. Standard yeah. good opening. Standard first issue. Yeah. But, but there's, there's some potential there. Some possibilities. I mean, Avengers crossover books are kind of. Not crossover, but Avengers spinoff books are pretty good. Like Savage Avengers is just better and better each month. So uh, there's another one coming up, which I will be doing. And the last of my stack is I have uh, all three issues here that have been released so far. Second Coming, which is being put out by Hoy Comics. I w- I'm very interested to hear about this one. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> it is written by Mark Russell and is drawn by Richard Pace. And the finisher um, is Leonard Kirk, and oh. colorist is Andy Troy, and letterer is Rob Stein, Stein. Rob Stein. I like Leonard Kirk. Yeah. So when this was first advertised, it was Jesus and superhero. Now th- it was originally going to be in DC book. Yeah, DC was going to put it out. It was going to be at the time. I think it was going to be under Vertigo label mm. before they canceled Vertigo, and everything got folded into Black Label. Um. Whatever the press release was, which I glanced at but didn't read the whole thing, mm. was essentially Jesus comes back to Earth, is sent to live with a superhero, right. and the two interact. And the whole world exploded. And and all the religious organizations and everybody that, that has any kind of input or thought about, about religion and comics and all that stuff were like, oh, you know, you can't do this. You just had your whole Batwang experience going on. <laughs> right. Um, all this, you can't, you can't do this. And right. eventually DC pulled out and said, we're not, we're not going to produce this book. Mm. Um, so a few months went by and it found a new home under Ahoy Comics. And uh, there was no changes made to it. It's just different title. I mean, a different publisher. Right. So when it came out, I picked it up. Was it originally going to be a generic hero? Uh yeah okay yeah it, wasn't it was like it was Superman or anything. yeah so it's a character that's like Superman his right. name is Sunstar mm. um <clears throat> I had a whole lot of like feelings about this like I'm not 
church religious, but I've got <laughs> I've got religion, um, but I don't believe in organized churches. Blah blah blah. I'm not going to go into that. Um, so I have my own thoughts. Do I read? Do I? I didn't want this to be like pushing it like the preacher did. Like the preacher was its own thing. Right. I, I like that book. I prefer like, the TV show more than the comic because the comic really did stuff. I was just like, eh, I don't really like that. I have um, not actually. I still have not read the comic. But. Preacher is is a great comic uh, that I haven't read. I've read the first mm. like five issues. Well, it's Garth Ennis. So, yeah, you know, you know how he is. So I expected it to be like that. I <laughs> really did. I thought I was just going to be. It was. I was going to be pushing the boundaries for boundaries for just pushing boundaries' sake. Did and... you ju- Did you watch the end of Preacher? Not yeah. yet. Not yet. I it's, it's. I've watched all the other seasons and I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, but I'm going to plow through that soon. I just finished Dark Crystal, as we're going to talk about later, and mm-hmm. that's what really was eating up all my time. So this came out, bought it, threw it in the stack. Next month goes by, issue two comes out, bought it, threw it in the stack. Still hadn't read issue one. Issue three came out, bought it, threw it in the stack. I said, all right, sitting down and reading all three. I'm going to review it for this podcast and see what it's like. This book is so good. This book is so good. Really? <laughs> yes. The book is so good. It is not too much of anything. Huh. And it does have a message, and it's it's it it kind of touches on a lot of things. I thought that Sunstar was going to be a total a hole. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's basically Superman. <laughs> he grew up on a farm. He's an alien. It's his whole origin. He's his he's his girlfriend is a reporter. Um, and the whole deal. Uh, let's see if I can remember everything that happens here. So it's it starts with the origin of of you know man, God creating man, the whole deal. The Garden of Eden. So they kind of reference a lot of biblical text here. Um, and then God goes down there and just gets pissed off his creations. It deals a lot with God as a father, mm. uh, how he is how he is to Jesus and how he is to his creations mm. and how he's just like, ah, flood, flood the earth. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have flooded the earth. That was probably a bad mistake. That was probably a mistake. Whoops. <laughs> My bad, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then he just gets he just go, gets up and he, he go he goes there's all this wine floating and he grabs some wine he's drinking and he's like I'm done I'm done with it and then Jesus is like oh cool I get I get a shot at it now because yeah. you know Jesus has been watching Earth through this portal that they mm-hmm. live they live in heaven so he's like all right whatever do what you want to do and he's he gets he's like he's like good good for you boy show them who they're messing messing with that's right bitches son of God coming through <laughs> Jesus goes and. Does this Jesus thing? Um, you know, he grows up. He has his friends and is a carpenter and all that. And the all the biblical stuff that they do. And I'm not going to say it's straight biblical, but whenever they reference his time in the past, and uh, it's done by uh, is done in a certain art style. When they do the stuff in heaven, it's done in a certain art style. Mm. Uh, and they do the stuff in modern day Earth, it's done in a certain art style. It's done more comic booky, as you right, can tell, yeah. as you can see. Um, so God's up in heaven watching Jesus as he's doing all his things. And then they jump ahead to him seeing Jesus being crucified and he just gets pissed off and, you know, rages as, as God often does. And then Jesus comes back up and God tells him he's not allowed to even look at the earth until Mm. he says it's okay. And he's like, but I told him I'm come back because that's what Jesus says. He told everybody he'll come back. He's like, nope. He's like, they've, they've, they freaking killed you. He's like, just stay away from that portal. Don't even look at the planet. Uh, and we'll just let them do whatever the hell they're going to do. <laughs> so Earth goes unattended up until now. And straight comic book thing. We have robots robbing a bank. 
<laughs> and Sunstar shows up and knocks all their blocks off. And Jesus, uh, not Jesus, God sees this and he's like, oh, whoa. Now this guy's got what it takes. And he says, he says, he tells Jesus to go and live with him. So God goes down and visits Sunstar. And we find out that Sunstar and his girlfriend have been attempting to adopt or have a baby. Mm. And they can't do either for various reasons. Mm. Um, that part of the story is written very well, especially as there's a whole two pages of, of Sunstar's wife. I don't remember if they're wife or girlfriend. Like, they're supposed to meet with the adoption agency and Sunstar is supposed to show up and he doesn't show up because he's saving a boat from sinking or everything a Superman character does. Sure, sure. So he's trying to deal with that. Uh, at first I thought when he showed up, he was just giving her a line and we were going to find out. This is what my attitude was towards his book at first. I was like, oh, we're going to find out he was off screwing like 50,000 other girls. <laughs> but no, he literally was doing Superman things. And he just missed the meeting and they, you know, they couldn't adopt because of that. Right. And so God shows up, tells Sunstar, you know what? You want a son so bad? Here's mine. <laughs> As an adult. Hey, here you go. <laughs> it's not like it's a baby. He's like, here's my, here's my adult son. Right. Show him what it's like to be, to be great <laughs> because you are great. <laughs> so Sunstar is like, whatever. <laughs> Jesus is one of those now. <laughs> And uh, he takes him with him on a mission. And uh, it's, what's kind of fun is that uh, he goes and breaks up an illegal Pokemon uh, counterfeiting factory. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, he beats up all these guys, throws them through a window. Uh, doesn't kill anybody, but he beats the crap out of all these guys. And he go, he's like, well, oh, the, the main guy behind it all actually poisons himself. So before he can question him. So there may be an overarching thing that we're going to find out later. I'm not too sure. Mm. So he's like, whatever, I can go outside and question the people that I throw out the window. And he goes out and Jesus is just sitting there in his own. He's like, where's, where are all the people? <laughs> all the people that I threw out. Jesus is like, oh, I healed them. <laughs> he's like, they were hurt. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, why did you do that? And he just looks at him. He goes, they needed it. <laughs> so... On, on, a, on, a, on, this, on all kinds of levels, I like this page because I like it for what his message is mm. and all that stuff. So he's trying to tell Jesus there's certain things you can't do and all this stuff. And as they're walking around, uh, Jesus notices that there's, there's crosses like everywhere. And he's like, why, why are there crosses everywhere? Are there still Romans around? He's like, no, it's like your religion is based around this. Well, Catholic religion. He's like, it's, it's based around, you know. Oh, so de he doesn't know. Deifying you with the cross. Huh. He's like, why the hell would they do that? He goes, that's what they killed me on. <laughs> He's like, why would they? Why would they focus on what killed me? <laughs> that you know, that makes sense. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, and then they kind of leave that as it is, and then he tells us, it tells a story about friendship, about how you know he had his friend as a, as a kid, and he got taken away, and his friend, um, you know, ended up becoming. The, the the inheriting his 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 uh, carpentry company or business because mm. he was a car because Jesus was a carpenter mm -hmm. and um and so his friend took over the business and then he was being paid by the Romans to build furniture and then eventually he was being paid by the Romans only to make crucifixes uh so they can crucify people and then his people turned on him because he was the guy who made the crucifix cru the, made the crosses that people were being murdered on right and so 
everyone ignored him and and he was lonely and he had no friends and which was his biggest fear and then finally he was delivering a crucifix and he found out that it was the one to, to nail Jesus his childhood friend and Jesus just goes and forgives him and I was like that's very powerful three pages right there hmm. and then and then basically it ends every issue kind of ends with Jesus telling Sunstar something helpful um and also as you can tell from this panel Jesus is a small man <laughs> and Sunstar is a very big man for many reasons, you know, in comic books, all heroes are, are, are much bigger than everybody else. Right. And then historically he would have been a small man. <laughs> and then this, I didn't quite read all of this yet, but this, uh, the last two pages of text is about how the writer had to deal with him coming up with a story, pitching the story, watching like the whole world, like, just like, like go crazy mm-hmm. and like say, no, you're not blasphemy. Right. Right. And I'm read. I read this. And this is not blasphemy, or mm. what I think would be considered blasphemy. And it just continues that. In the second issue, um, we find out sadly that the robots that he knocked the blocks off of in the first issue were actually people in costumes. Oh, so Sunstar doesn't have X-ray vision or anything. He's right. just Superman-like, but he's not Superman. Sure. So he they, they find they find out that he killed these people. So Sunstar goes to superhero therapy. Where there's other characters that are like the Justice League that that talk about kind of like what DC did with uh, the Sanctuary thing that they mm-hmm. just did. Mm-hmm. So they just go and try and deal with the fact that they, you know, they don't want to kill people, but in this case, it happened by accident. And he killed a couple. He killed a, a, like four, three or four people. Right. So that's going on, and then and then Jesus is just kind of hanging around the background, and then Sunstar finds out that his girlfriend is being stalked by a guy because he doesn't like the fact that she's writing a story about people doing illegal clamming on the beach mm. which is what her story is mm. and uh so sunstar is trying to you know be protective of her but she's like i can take care of myself all of a sudden they get in a little bit of a fight and then god shows up tells jesus to go hang out outside and tells sunstar he's gonna start focusing more and teaching jesus to be more like him and that he needs to man up and not and 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 like start taking care of shit so God gets Sunstar all like boosted up, like right. he's all he's all full of himself. He's like, "Well, I am a god." Basically, he's got all these powers, and he's like, "I can do whatever I want. Nobody can tell me what I can and can't do." So Sunstar goes and finds the guy that's threatening. Oh yeah, he takes Sunstar to heaven, which is crazy. The whole art thing about heaven mm. is weird. Oh wow. Um. Oh yeah, and they introduce Satan too. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um. So. He goes to find to talk to the guy that's that's threatening his wife, and he just pushes the door down, breaks his furniture, and tells him, "Don't screw with my wife, or I'm gonna make it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna come back here and beat the crap out of you." And then he melts a statue with his heat vision. Jesus is like, "Why the hell did you do that?" He's like, "Cause I'm gonna show him that I, you know I can I can that, you know that I can do all this stuff." Right. So Jesus tells him one way, Sunstar does it a different way, and then um, he finds out the next day that this guy is still harassing his girlfriend. So he goes up, he goes back and he just wrecks, he destroys the guy's house. So he has to move away. And then he finds out that he was going to the wrong house all along. Because <laughs> uh, his wife is like, oh, they, they arrested the guy. Uh, He's like, what do you mean they arrested the guy? He's like, they arrested the guy. And he looks at the address that he had written down and he had changed two numbers. Uh, so he was, he was threatening and beating up the wrong guy because uh, he was never listening to him. The guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, so he never listened to him. Uh, <clears throat> so Sunstar feels terrible. Jesus gives him his 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 speech um, about you know power and using it and not using it and all that stuff. Mm. Again, I thought this was a very good last page. Last page, and then in the third issue um, is 
Jesus trying to deal more with what the world is like while Sunstar is out doing this thing. And he like lets Jesus walk around and do his, like do his own stuff. And that's when Jesus goes to a, a rally where everybody is rallying against homosexuals. And he's like, what the hell? Like there's violence and there's all this stuff going on. So he's, he's really disillusioned and sure, yeah. Satan shows up to try and tell him, uh, he's like, Oh, you know, I just want, I figured I'd let you know that your dad's kind of pissed off about how things are going and he's always going to destroy the world. And Jesus is like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, this, you can believe me or not. I said, I know I'm Satan. He goes, but I just thought I'd let you know, you know, hey. he goes, but your dad plans on destroying the entire planet. <laughs> so and then Jesus gets thrown in jail. And he's really down because he feels like it's like what it was when he was persecuted by the Romans mm. um, because he's telling everybody who he is. And they're like, they're like, no, <laughs> not Jesus. Um, in the meantime, Sunstar, who abandoned Jesus, goes back to his hometown to find his mom who had left a, a, the nursing home that she was being kept in. Mm. And when she like kind of has an episode and leaves, she goes back to the house that they grew up in. and. Uh, he's having nostalgia about his hometown. He's like, this Billy's tire swing, and this is where he grew up, and why can't things be like it was back in the old days? And his house has turned into a dildo factory. <laughs> um, it's just, it's it's Ron's dongs, and there's just dildos everywhere. <laughs> uh, I was not expecting that. So he's like, oh my God, everything's different. And so his mom happened to be there. <laughs> She's like, what happened to the house? He's like, come on, ma. <laughs> he takes her back. And Sunstar is trying to deal with something that a lot of people have to deal with. They have to deal with their family members becoming to a point where they have to be taken care of. Right. And they're trying to figure out how to best take care of her. And they're like, well, we can, you have to pay for a better package. So we're comp- so we're able to, to, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Or we have to send her to a different facility. And her mom is like, no, that's where people go to die. Mm. And 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 they're like, no, it's not. And she's like, you, you have a built-in hearse, per, hearse port. So yes, people go to die there. <laughs> yeah. So while wow, Sunstar is dealing with that, Jesus is dealing with with the insanity of of like the fanaticism of people following his religion, and gets beaten up and thrown in jail, and you know has a second conversation with Satan. Um, That's interesting. And it ends with it ends with Jesus very down. Mm. Um, and I don't know how many issues this is going to end up being, but this is probably one of the best comics I've read in a long time. Really? <laughs> it's just so oh. good for a non-superhero. I mean, it's a superhero comic, but it's a really non-superhero right, comic. Yeah. And I think if you have zero religion at all, then maybe you're not going to like it at all. Um, but I just think it's really good. And I'm, I mean, I'm not going to give this a full gauntlet, but I'm easily going to give this, um, God, I should. I think I, I think I honestly have to give it probably a five as much as I want to give it a six. Wow! Uh, but I love it. I think it's really good. Mm. It's it's way better than what I thought it was going to be. Huh. I really thought it was just going to be one hundred percent dick jokes and mm. something else. And I'm like, oh, it's substantial. Well, I didn't get to the dildo factory until yeah, I did the dildo factory. <laughs> yeah. So and it's not it's not so heavy handed too, which is what I like about it. Yeah. 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 That's good. Anyway, that being said, that's the end of my reviews. All right, my turn. Yep. My turn. Here's my pile here. Bam. And my first <clears throat> issue is Agents of Wakanda. Another issue that spun out, another series that spun out of uh, Avengers. Not the Avengers, um, Water Realms, isn't it? 
No. Oh, okay. Sorry. This is straight from Avengers. All right. Uh, forgive me, too. The title is actually Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda. Gotcha. And, um, and, um, <laughs> the same thing on both sides. <laughs> He's trying to hide the next issue from me. <laughs> All right. But they had an ad for issue two on the back of it. Anyway. Uh, let's see where. Okay. So it is written by Jim Zub and drawn by Lan Medina. And color artist is Mar- Marcio Menes. And letter letterer is VCs Joe Sabino. Now, the Agents of Wakanda, I actually talked about them before. Mm-hmm. The, uh, in a previ- previously on... <laughs> this is, wow, this is, this is a while ago, back yeah. when Paul was still with us. Yeah, I think so. Um, the world's greatest sidekick. Um <laughs> So, of course, with the, this new incarnation of the Avengers is run by Black Panther, and he put together a team that he calls the Agents of Wakanda to kind of be, they partially run the Avengers Mountain, which is the Celestial. Okay, yeah, the Celestial that was buried at the beginning of time. Yes, mm-hmm. that's now their headquarters, which, why not? So, partly what they do is is run the headquarters, and then partly... What they do is they're like a um, covert ops team, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I loved it. I, I was hoping they were going to do this because I love the team. You got uh, you got um, Kazar. Oh, that's cool. Um, you got... Uh, that's why he hasn't run the Conan yet. He's hanging out with Black Panther. <laughs> yes. Um, you got, you got um, the Wasp, um, one of his... Oy, Oyo, Oyo, Oye, whatever it is from. Oh, his guard. One of his the guard. Black Panther's yeah. guard there, the Dora Malahi or Malaj, whatever, however you say it. And of course, one of my favorites, Gorilla Man, mm-hmm. who used to be on the Agents of Atlas. And um, and a few others that we'll get to. Now, is Gorilla Man, is he like Congo Bill, where it's a human like that transfers his mind into a, in, into a gorilla, or is he like a Grod, or is he like. He is a human. He was originally a human. Yeah. And he found, he found something, a mystic object or something that transferred his mind into the, into, turned him into a gorilla. Turned him into a gorilla? Yeah. Yeah. So he's basically a gorilla yeah. with a human mind. So we start off right away in the middle of action as um, the wasp and, oh, man wolf. Oh, Man Wolf's in it? Man Wolf's in it. That's crazy. They're chasing, J. Jonah Jameson's kid? Yep. They're chasing down a couple of uh, terrorists or whatever. Is that? Go back. Is that him right there? That is him. Okay, so he's wearing his original costume, too, Yes, kind of cool. And um, they're chasing these guys down, and of course, Man Wolf has a little, um, gets a little overzealous, mm-hmm. turns into the wolf, attacks the guys, almost kills them, the wasp stops them, and then, you know, they have... After that mission, they go back to headquarters, and the wasp is like, "I can't work with him. He's he's an animal. He's an animal. He almost killed those people." And they're like, you know, and uh, Okoye, Okoye, O K O Y E. That's the the guard there. Okay, the Black Panther's guard. She's in charge of the team when Black Panther's not around, and she's like, "Hey, you know what? We all got our problems. Deal with it." <laughs> So there's like there's no love there. Oh, and they have uh this guy Fat Cobra. I don't know if you're familiar with him. <laughs> I know who he is. <laughs> He's on the team too. He's from one of the mystical cities. Yes. 
Um, so he's on the team. And uh, so they have a little meeting about something that's going on that they got to solve. And right now it's just uh, a couple of them because Kazar is off doing something. And uh, Gorilla Man. Oh, and Brew. I don't know if you know Brew. He's Brew? He's from the X-Men. He's a little brood kid. Oh, yeah, I know who he is. Okay, yeah. He's on the team as well. <clears throat> so for me, I'm like, this is great. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so so they're off doing their own thing, doing different missions. So Black Panther, Okoye. O- Okoye? Okoye sounds about right. Sure. Yeah. And Fat Cobra and Wasp go to this town because there's something wrong. So they go to find out what's going on. And as soon as they get to the town, there's nobody around. Everything's quiet. No birds chirping, nothing. So like, okay, this is this is normal. <laughs> and then they find out, oh, there's some kind of weird, crazy alien things which they gotta fight. And uh all this stuff happens. And uh <laughs> this fat cobra, he, he goes, uh, creatures in chaos, I approve. That's <laughs> fighting. So they fight these aliens, and um, you know, it's kind of your typical kind of story first issue thing and then they find out like this weird crazy stuff is going and then of course it's a century it's a century they find the century in the middle of all of it he's dead dun 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 <laughs> he was ripped in he was ripped in twain so um so yeah so i mean this is pretty good for a first issue it's all action it's um it's fun i love the team uh again it's like lesser Lower tiered characters a lot, mm-hmm. which I always love. And uh, Marvel has some of my favorite ones. And I'm very glad as soon as they, as soon as Black Panther created this team in Avengers, I was like, I want a book. <laughs> and now I have a book <laughs> and I'm very happy with it. So I'm going to give this one a five. All right. Very good. I'm very happy with it. I'm very excited to see where they go with it. Um, of course, we, I, we spoiled the big reveal. But yes, something's going on with the Sentry, except he now has black hair. Yeah, he does have black hair. Yeah, which is why at first I was like, I turned the page and I'm like, is that Wonder Man? But no. He has the power of a thousand exploding suns. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, yes, I give it a five. I highly enjoyed it. Excellent. Did you want to read it? No, I'm all set. Thank you, though. Very good, very good. Another another exciting. So actually, that's two Avengers spinoffs that I'm very interested in. All right, now for my next book is an interesting one that I didn't even know. I didn't even know the store. I didn't even know we had it in the store. I, I didn't even know <laughs> this was out, and I just happened to walk by the by and see it on the shelf, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and this is Battle Pug, number one. Now, I I know a little bit about the history of Battle Pug. Um, I don't really, I've never read Battle Pug before, but I know it's been around for a while. Okay. So you already know more than I do. I think it might've been a, uh, I could be wrong on this. I, like I said, I don't know a hundred percent, but I think it was a web comic at one point. Okay. And it has a bit of a history. Some, it has, you know, so it has like a fan base and stuff. And I've, I've heard mention of it before. But I've never actually read any Battle Pug or anything. I've heard tell. I've heard tell of a Battle Pug. 
And this is this was put out by Image. I had no idea this was coming out. Like I said, I saw it on the shelf. I said, I'm familiar with Battle Pug. I'll check it out. <laughs> of course, Battle Pug, for those who don't know, is a giant pug that is ridden by a Conan-like character. It's not a small Conan-like character riding a regular-sized pug? No, it's a giant pug. <laughs> okay. So, and it kind of, it's kind of interesting. Um, did I say the creative team? Not yet. No. Uh, why can't they just put it on the first page? Last page, maybe. Third page in, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what they have. I don't see the full list. Oh, here it is. Uh, Mike Norton uh, wrote it. It's drawn by Alan Pasalagua, and um, I think the colors order are by Crank! <laughs> With an exclamation point. <laughs> so, um, so it's pretty, it's, 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 a, it's a very um, good-looking book. And it, I would say this book is part actual, you know, it, it's got a little bit of Conan flavor, mm-hmm. but it's also got a little bit of Gru the Wanderer flavor. But not as goofy. Goofy. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely some goofiness in there. Mm-hmm. But they play it. They don't play it goofy. Mm-hmm. So I'll show you in a minute. But anyway, so it starts off with um, I don't even know what his name is. The the Conan guy, um, who's a he's the last Kin Kinmundian instead <laughs> of Sumerian. Yep. So it ha- it starts off with a little paragraph about what what. What has happened previously? <laughs> and it includes it includes the line, but that was another book. You should probably go read that too. <laughs> um and I don't actually see his name anywhere, but he must have one. But anyway, so he's it starts off with him trudging through this cold mountain mm-hmm. and um <laughs> you know, he's wearing nothing but a loincloth mm-hmm. trudging through the snow. And uh it has a little bit of, it has a little bit of um, as a splash page where it has some of his previous adventures, yeah, um, including what looks like a guy getting attacked by a, a seal, seal, a baby <laughs> seal pup, um, his battle pug, yeah, um, and it has a couple other things. I'm uh, not sure what that is exactly. <laughs> An ice thing, maybe? Does that look like a stone pug? Yes, it looks like a stone <clears throat> pug there. So, of course, I'm sure this is all from the previous mm-hmm. compendium they had, and um. So he travels through, and then he he talks about going going back for revenge. It says, and revenge is back on the menu. <laughs> and then it cuts to, I don't know if this is a previous or something else, but it shows the guy and his battle pug, and he's got a little group of people with him, uh, including a regular pug and another dog, who both who talk. <laughs> and he goes to, he goes to this village... Is it a Muppet? <laughs> he goes to this village. Yeah. And this village has been taken over by a man. Oh, and a puppet. <laughs> and the man looks like Putin. He does. He's not wearing his shirt. He has oh, a... it looks like it looks like uh, Trump. Yes, the puppet <laughs> on his hand looks like Trump. <laughs> but it doesn't actually say that anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, and he's got a big bear belt buckle. He's holding a sickle. And um, so he's talking about, I saved you from, you know, your previous governor. And the people are like, we didn't ask you to. <laughs> <laughs> so then the guy comes and he cuts off the hand, the guy's hand. 
And it cuts like, off the head of the puppet. Cuts off the head of the puppet, <laughs> which is also the hand. guy's hand. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it is. I was going to say, I didn't know if it was a puppet or actually part of his yeah. attached to him, but no, yeah. it's just, it looks like he's just a puppet. So he's like, he's like, you know, these people don't want you here, so I'm going to take care of you. So the Putin guy then turns into a giant bear, mm-hmm. and they have a fight. And of course, Battle Pug helps out. <laughs> He bites, he bites the guy, yeah. the bear guy, and he tosses him away. <laughs> uh, and then he gets the the Conan guy cuts him in half. And um, then they, one of their friends, after they defeat the Putin guy, yeah. one of their friends magically contacts them through like a bed of flowers yeah. or something. And she's like this, she's like this teenage girl who, and she talks like a teenage girl, yeah. and she swears a lot, and she's like, yeah, whatever, you know. But she's like <laughs> supposed to be like a mystic, so yeah. Yeah. but instead of being like a, uh, you know, on the ooh, on the mystic, she's like, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> so they, she says that her mother's in trouble, so they go see her and they find things out, and of course her mother is. Is um you know this big buxom oh yeah <laughs> um warrior type in yeah. armor and um they find out that um that one of their guardsmen has been attacked by an arrow that has a note on it and the note was for the Conan guy mm-hmm. who rides Battle Pug and the note says remember my lessons Kim Kim Mundian if you kill a man make certain he be dead. And um, they find out that the message is from somebody that the conundrum thought, conundrum, whatever he is, thought he called, he, yeah, killed, he killed, who turns out to be his, uh, his, his old mentor, Santa Claus. Shut up. Yes. Where was it? Was it is the Putin guy still alive, too? Yes. Oh, yeah. See? And he's a little yep. King Santa Claus on his <laughs> throne. <laughs> and there's, I think there was a whole thing probably in the other book that I, you know. That I would love to go back and read now mm-hmm. with the Santa Claus character. So then he, you know, he's like, "Oh, me and Battle Pug, we gotta go finish what we started." So they go off, and then the Putin guy who had both his hands cut off. Oh my god! He's like, "All right, we're, he got some other guys." He's like, "We're gonna ambush this guy, and we're gonna take care of him." And then uh, a woman comes dressed in um, holiday armor. Mm-hmm. You could say, yeah. Wielding a candy cane spear. <laughs> and she says, He's mine. I'm gonna kill him, but you can join me if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and and the title of this issue is War on Christmas, part one. <laughs> and then there's a little short story that tells the backstory of the teenage girl. Yeah, that's cool. But um this is awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, looks from funny. the start. Yep. It was it was entertaining. It made me laugh, and I'm giving it a. I'm giving it a six. <laughs> right out. In Give fact, it a six. I'm giving it a six, and I even put it on my sub list. <laughs> the cum pen, the 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 cum pugdium? Yes, that's the book. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably gonna have all the other stuff in it. With his previous his previous um, exploits. Yeah, I was very happy with that book, and I'm glad I saw it. Look at all the elves. <laughs> so yeah this one's just snuck right up on me yeah, yeah me too like i said i was just walking by and i'm like oh and it, the cover does stick out i mean yeah. it's it's an all-white cover with battle pug on yep. it yep. it's kind of hard to miss and i'm like oh <laughs> i knew just enough about battle pug that i was like okay i'll check it out now this next book of course is something that i you know obviously i'm i'd be very interested in mm-hmm. and this is the newest edition of 
G.I. Joe. Is this a reboot like the Transformers was? Yes. Okay. And this is put out by IDW, and mm-hmm. it is a reboot, and uh, an interesting one. So it's written by Paul Allure. Artist is Chris Evan, Evan Huis, Evan Hui, <laughs> whatever. Uh, colors by Brittany Peer, and letters by Neil, you, yeah, that guy. And um, this is a complete reboot of the G.I. Joe mythos. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is, and this is, this is interesting, is in this mythos, it just jumps you right into it. And um, the opening paragraph basically tells you that Cobra has spread its influence across the globe and has gone to war with everybody. And it has taken over parts of the United States, including Chicago, where this issue takes place. Well, they always had a base in Spring, Springfield. Yes. <clears throat> but this time they've actually... Taken they've over. Like, they've taken over. Yeah. So it starts off with Duke, and he's running and trying to escape some vipers. And there's a kid on a moped who ends up being our, our main focus of the story. Mm-hmm. And he's a delivery guy who also does um, smuggling yeah. on the side. Those bats? Yes. B-A-T-S? No, those are just regular vipers. Okay. They're not actually the bat. I don't think. Actually, it doesn't actually specify, so. But anyway, Duke, he's, so the kid sees Duke throw something in the trash and then run away, and then he gets captured. No, yeah, I think they are just, they are just vipers. Um, and there's a part where the kid makes a delivery and he's talking about how he used to, how he delivers and he used to do smuggling for this guy. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah, you know, so, so, um, of course now the thing, the big cry is for Cobra instead of like, you know, yeah. Hell Hitler or yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> for Cobra. Yeah. And we go back to the streets where we see Duke is getting, gets captured by the Vipers. And we find out that the guy in charge of this particular set of Vipers is major blood. But he looks a little different. Did they show him? Yes. Right there? Right there. He doesn't have his goofy... He's not, he's not so over the top. Yes, yeah. Um, but he still he still has... Like, when you see Major... is He's Major Blood, you're like, okay, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Um, and the kid watches. He The kid goes into the trash and finds what Duke threw in the trash, which happens to be a USB thumb drive. It's a code, yeah. Code a yeah. message or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see... And this is where... This is where the book got me. Duke gets captured. Major Blood's like, what, you know, what'd you do with the information you stole from us? Blah, blah, blah. He finds out Duke doesn't have it. So he's like, I'm not messing with this. He Dude. killed Duke. Oh my God. He killed, shot Duke in the head. I mean, this isn't even like, oh, maybe Duke survived. No, he shot Duke in the head. Holy crap. Duke is dead. So when I got to that, I'm like, okay, this is, this is <laughs> wow. something different. So the kid freaks out when he sees Duke get killed, because yep. what else are you going to do? He rushes home. He's trying to decode what's on a thumb drive, and he, he gets into it a little bit, and then Scarlet sneaks into his house and says, give me the thumb drive. And he's like, who are you? And she's like, you don't need to know who I am. You don't need to get involved in this. Just give me the thumb drive. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I want to help. And she's like, no, you're just a kid. So it wasn't left for the kid. No. It was left for Scarlet. Yes. Gotcha. And he just snagged it. And, and he's like, but I want to help. I want to do something. I want to fight Cobra. And she's like, you're just a civilian. Just give me the thumb drive and pretend this never happened. That's it. So he gives her the thumb drive. And, um, and she leaves. And she says, you've done enough. And then 
he's kind of upset and he goes, his big line is, none of us do enough. <laughs> so if he found out on thumb drive that they were going to attack a Cobra stronghold. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, I thought this was Flint, but it's not. It's a new guy. Okay. Uh, called Pierre. <laughs> yeah, Pierre. Uh, I think he's Frontier or something like that. There's a little thing in the back. With is that Roadblock? That is Roadblock, yeah. though. But what's interesting is Road. It's not. It's not like the the. Is that your dad's Roadblock? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like a Roadblock who's like. So these these they were these were just regular civilians that yeah. got pulled into this fight with Cobra. Okay. So that's what GI Joe basically is, and there's a couple of military guys. Yeah. Like Scarlet's Scarlet's military. I already know I gotta add this to my sub. Oh yeah, this <clears throat> this yeah. Um but like Duke was just a regular I mean um Roblox was just a regular guy. So they're making G.I. Joe like resistance cells. Yes. That's cool. Yes. And uh and and um so they're doing this mission and then the kid we saw previously, he comes in and he interrupts it. I don't I'm not sure exactly what he thought he was doing, but he came and he threw a Molotov cocktail at the building and that attracts all the Cobra agents inside the building who come out to attack him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he thought he was going to distract them so the Joes could do their mission. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening is when the Joes saw the kid getting attacked, they're like, Oh, we got to help him. So they help him. And then there's a cool part where roadblock attacks one Viper and he's the Vipers on top of him. So he pulls out his gun and he shoots him. And this is the other part that was interesting Roadblock kind of freaks out that he shot a guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, I killed him. I just killed a guy. So this frontier guy is like, don't freak out about it right now. This is not the time. Just yeah. keep going. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. And then, you know, they they kill all the the vipers. And then they're like, the kid's like, well, cool. I helped you. And they're like, you just messed up our whole mission. And he's like, but I fought, you know. And they're yeah. like, so they, <laughs> so Roadblock punches the kid, knocks him out. <laughs> and then he wakes up later. Uh, tied to a chair with a hood over his head. Yeah. And now and he's a member of Joe. Now he's a member of Joe. Because <laughs> they're like, and this, so Scarlet's talking, this is actually Stalker. I don't, I don't know if you remember yeah, Stalker. Yeah. 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 So they're talking and Scarlet's like, you know, we can make him part of the team. And Stalker's like, I know, th- I know this type. He's not going to do well. He's just a dumb kid. He's going to be a, a mess. And she's like, no, I see something in him, blah, blah, blah. So they decide to make him part of the team. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and what's his code name? Weasel? <laughs> no, because he's wearing a jacket with a tiger on it. Oh, they call so, him Tiger? So they call him Tiger. That's cool. So because he starts to tell them his name, he's like, oh, my name is, and Scarlet says, shut up, your name is Tiger. We don't use real names. That's a cool reason for them using, using code names. Yes. So he's Tiger. So then he gets introduced to the other Joes, and then we see General Joel Colton come in. The original Joe. Who is the original Joe. Yeah. And he says, um... He says, uh, they're all like, oh, we got a new member. And he's like, it doesn't matter. And they're like, what do you mean it doesn't matter? And then you find out the U.S. has surrendered to Cobra. Wow. wow. I have to add this to my sub list. So, yes. It's a get issue one, and I have to add that to my sub list now. This Thanks is good. I, hopefully that they keep it. I, I hope they keep the universe separate at this point. I think they are. Like Transformers and right. Joe. I don't mind the Hasbro verse, but I just want them to be separate. They're, right, they're doing right a, now, yeah. an effort to reboot things. Right. Then I think they, I think they so, focus yeah. on that. I think they will. So yeah, so I'm giving this a five. That's cool. This thing was good. Yeah. It was. It looks it was, great. It looks it was way gripping. better. It looks way better than I thought it was. Oh be. yeah, me too. I'm like, well, we'll see what they do this time. And then I read it. I'm like, oh, sh- this is good. This is real good. 
um, and yeah, definitely, definitely, I recommend it. Now, yeah, it's good too. Yeah, it's really good. Now, this is uh, being published alongside. There's still ongoing one, right? I think so. Yes, but that's yeah. The GI Joe. But they cancel everything. The GI Joe, a real American hero. Yeah, I think is still going on, but that's more of a a continuation of that, the old Marvel series. Yeah, that's a continuation so, of the Marvel book. Yeah, I really, I haven't been reading that one because I just haven't. I started reading it, but then I'm like, meh. But yeah, so I like this. I I can't wait to see what it, where they go with it. Yeah, no, I have to try it. It's yeah, it's really good. All right, next up, we're gonna travel to DC. I have my DC book with just stab me. It's one of the ones I didn't read. Um, this is a book I was kind of interested in because it's another group of crazy characters, mm-hmm. and this is Gotham City Monsters which is a six-issue miniseries put out by DC. And this is... Come on, where is it? Why can't they just put it on the first page? The creative team is... Ah, here we go. It is written by Steve Orlando. Um, art by M&K Nahulapan. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Colors by Trish Mulvihill. And letters by Tom Napolitano. <clears throat> so this is Gotham City Monsters. It's basically what it is. It's some of the monster characters. Um, and it starts out in Monster Town in Gotham. Yeah, it's still around. I wasn't it's sure still, if that was still around, around, yes. Which was from Detective? Yeah, Detective Comics when they did the uh, Hugo Strange attacked Gotham and turned a bunch of people into monsters using a monster serum. Yeah. And they 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 they... There were various monsters, but they ended up getting huge. Right. And they destroyed a big section of town, and yep. that's why they call it Monster Town. Yep. And there's one of the dead monsters is there, too. Yeah. Still there, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, his, it's bones. Yeah. Anyway, so we start in Monster Town, and we start with a character that I have not seen since the new 52 started, and that's, there was a book called I, Vampire. Oh, that's cool. He's yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. So the vampire from I, Vampire. I like that character. Yeah. Andrew Bennett. Was his name. Yeah. So it starts with him fighting this um, cult of vampires. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like the king of vampires, or so he says. So he's like, you know, during the fight, he's talking smack to them all and saying, I can take you all out. No big deal. And they're all like, oh, no, we serve a new master now who you can't defeat. And he's like, yeah, whatever. So it turns out he killed the vampires. Um, and he, he bit one of them and tasted its blood. And he said, your blood tastes funny. And they said, yes, because of my new master. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but they, didn't, they didn't want to die at first, so, but he finally killed them all. Um, and then he's like, well, I got to find out what's going on, clearly, who yeah. their new master is. Then we switch to phew, Killer Croc, who just got out of jail. And he's been trying to find a job, but nobody wants to hire Killer Croc. I can't imagine why. Because <laughs> he's a known criminal. <laughs> and he's a giant crocodile. And he's Killer Croc. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, so he has a little conversation with this this guy called Tusk, who runs a flop house in Monster Town. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't find a job. What am I supposed to do? And Tusk is like, hey, you know, people don't like us. We're monsters. You know, whatever. And um and so then he's like uh he's like, Well, guess I'll go on some more job interviews tomorrow. I'm going to bed. And then he goes to bed. So it's weird. 
it was a weird kind of introduction to him because he's like, well, does this kill the croc? Yeah. He's like, well, off to bed. He's like, he sits there and he's like, you know, this, this sucks. Can't get a job. Bane's running Gotham now. Cause if, in oh, the, did they mention Bane runs, runs Gotham? Yes. Yeah. In the bath, in the Batman books, Bane's, you know, it's a whole thing. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. How about we move on to another story? <laughs> and we, and then, then they introduce into the book, the character of Frankenstein. Who is last we knew was an agent of the group Shade. Agent of Shade. Does Shade even exist anymore? I don't think so. Shade got defeated by, got destroyed by uh, Leviathan. Oh, did it? Yes. Okay. It's one of the groups that Leviathan took out in the event Leviathan book. Yeah. So he's he's like, you know, he's going after this guy who he's like, you know, before Shade got destroyed, you were in their files, so I'm going to take you out. And dude's like, I'm just having a drink here. <laughs> <laughs> so he fights this guy, and um, and it turns out the guy is infected with some kind of weird um virus, like intelligent virus, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta find out what's going on with that." Mm-hmm. Um, but he also found out um, so he he follows the trail of the virus, excuse me, and it leads him to um the mandrel, the mandrel, the mandrel. Wait, hold on, let me see this. He does really was. They were calling him. Well, it is a mandrel, but the mandrel is a Mar- is a Marvel character. I was gonna say that, yeah. The man the mandrel is Marvel, but it's yeah. a man actually there's a couple of mandrels, but anyway. But he might just be called Mandrel instead of the Mandrel. So then we go on to the next part of the story. This jumps all over the place to introduce all the characters. Mm-hmm. This takes place in Gotham Harbor. Are they all in Gotham? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well it is Gotham City Monster. Well, I wasn't sure if they were eventually in all end up in Gotham. It's in the title. I know. Gotham City? Gotham. Not this all is Gotham C- Harbor. Not all cities are Gotham City. All right. <laughs> and we, we get introduced to the character of Orca. Oh, God. Yes. So Orca's a part of it, but she's Yeah, just, Orca's a chick too, right? Yeah. Yeah. But she's just, so they just basically introduce her by, she attacks some uh, fishermen or whatever, and that's about all she has to do yeah. in this story. Yeah. And then there's another character... Oh, it's a, the female Clayface. Oh, let me see. Who seems to enjoy having wings, so. Um, okay. There's so many Clayfaces. I know. And there's been more than one female Clayface, mm. I think. So, I'm just trying to think of where she is in the history of the DC Universe. And so there's like a one-page introduction of her, so it's like these Killer Croc, uh, Orca, and her. There's no other Clayface right now, by the way. The, oh, original, really? the original Clayface is dead. Oh, is he? Yeah. Huh. Um. Anyway, so those three characters, they just kind of introduced, but they didn't really have anything to do with the story yet. So then we go back to Frankenstein and his mandrel enemies who he's fighting. And he, he winds up on a rooftop overlooking these mandrels, more mandrels who are doing some kind of ritual ceremony. And then that's when we meet back up with Andrew Bennett, who... Is just standing in a cloud. Yes. <laughs> or he might have just farted. Who knows? And then he's he's you know, you find out that both Frankenstein and and I Vampire are after the same creature. Do they know each other? Do they, they like, do have know a each history? Other, yes. Yes, they have a history. Of course. But not they're not enemies. No, of course not. No. However, Frankenstein decides to kill Bennett because no! he figures Bennett's gonna get captured gonna 
have his mind taken over by this creature that these people are all messing around, mucking around with. He didn't kill him. He just cut him in two. <laughs> he spliced him in twain. Yes. So, so then we go to the thing the Mandrels are doing, and they're having a little magic show where they're taking over everybody's minds and all this stuff. They're going to sacrifice everybody. Big explosion. Boom. Um, Does it say boom or shoom? Shoom. <laughs> Whatever. And this this is how everybody else gets involved because they're all like, "What was that?" And uh, did you hear that shoom? <laughs> did you hear a shoom? I didn't. Hear. And we find out the main guy comes out and he's he's a um, is it Hugo Strange? No, he's a like a Martian vampire or something like that. Oh, that's why the blood tastes different. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. So Can I see him. Let's yeah. see if I recognize him. So he's he's I forgot his name. So he is going to. He's going to be the big enemy. Um, so as far as the story goes, I get that it had to introduce everybody, but it did jump around a lot. So I'm going to give that one. Um, it's still kind of interesting. I'm kind of interested to see where they go with it. So I'll give it a four. So nice. You're so kind to that book. That book looks trash. Yeah, you're right. I'll give it a three. <laughs> was, you, you had me at the beginning when you were like, "I have vampires in it." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah." I and was then too. after that, I was off. I was off. Yeah, because I don't like I, any me too. Things. That's why I'm, like, I'm oh. a little interested in the reintroduction of the female Clayface because I think that's the first time they've dealt, they've dealt with her. Yeah, since like ever. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see if it gets any better, but man, I didn't love it. So next up, I have another mini mini series. Another DC book I didn't read. DC, like a whole bunch of DC books I've read. Um, and this is another six issue mini series, and it is Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And of course, I've always kind of enjoyed Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Mm -hmm. Um, they have a fun dynamic together, and of course, the creative team is not on the first page. Or the All right, here we go. So it's written by Jody Hauser, pencils by Adriana Milo, inks by Mark Morales, and colors by Hi-Fi. Um, so written and drawn by female female creators. Yes, which I enjoy. I like the artwork. It's pretty good. Yeah, it looks very good from here. Very good. Very good. Uh, this takes place directly after Gotham City Monsters. No, <laughs> maybe. No, Did you the, hear a shoom? The um yeah. <laughs> no, it takes place um the the Tom King mini series. Oh, it takes place after Mr. Miracle. No, 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 no. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanctuary. Yeah, sanctuary. Or Final Crisis or First Crisis or Energy yeah, whatever Crisis. It was. That Tom King mini series. <laughs> the one that nobody likes. About sanctuary. <laughs> so it takes place right after that cuz in that issue in that series Poison Ivy got brought back as an actual plant yeah. thing. So it's basically Harley. She wearing clothes? Nope. All right. In fact, there's a funny scene about that where they're in a restaurant and a little kid says, Mommy, that green woman's not wearing any pants. <laughs> and Harley freaks out about it. And then Harley's like, you know what? Maybe you should be wearing some pants. <laughs> so she takes Poison Ivy home and then Poison Ivy can't really, um, is still having trouble holding onto her form. Mm -hmm. So, um. You know, she take. Oh, no, she didn't take her home. She took her out shopping, and she's in the poison ivy's is in the changing room, and she basically turns into a big giant plant. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, you know, she does finally take her home, and 
so this this actually ends up being a part of the whole year of the villain thing. Okay. Because Lex Luthor shows up. He sends one of those little robot things. Have yeah. you been paying attention to that? He sends yeah. these little robots out to give villains. A oh, yeah, gift. he sent that one for poison for poison ivy, though, so, right? For poison ivy, yeah, yeah. And because he went to the one that, that visited Harley in her own book, she was like, "Nope, bye," and just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> Although in this one, this doesn't acknowledge that because this one, Harley's like, "How come I didn't get a gift?" But uh, apparently, she did, and she, yeah. But anyway, so. They open it up, and it turns out to be fertilizer. Harley's like, why does it smell so bad? And it's fertilized, some kind of special fertilizer that Luther gives Harley, um, Ivy, so Ivy can control, her form. control herself. And, yeah, see, this is the page where Harley, where Harley freaks out because she didn't get a gift. Oh. <laughs> and Poison Ivy did. So then we turn, you know, we find out the next day. Maybe I'm wrong there. I'm pretty sure it was in that her, in her book where she turned it away, but maybe I'm wrong. No, you might be right. Anyway, and then we see Poison Ivy's taking, you know, finally getting control of herself, mostly. And um, she's becoming normal. And so Harley and Harley has a conversation with Poison Ivy where she's like, you know what? We tried the villain thing. Hasn't been working too well for us. We should become superheroes. <laughs> so... Poison Ivy's like, really? And then there's a knock at the door. And we, oh, first we see that Poison Ivy starts going nuts with these plants, mm -hmm. or so you think. And the plants attack Harley. And Harley's like, what are you doing? And Poison Ivy's like, I'm not doing it. They're, they're attacking me too. Then you find out. Big explosion. The door explodes out. And then we see the Floronic Man. Oh, Jason Woodrow. Hooray. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, he tells Poison Ivy that um, the Parliament of Flowers is missing or whatever. Something happened to them, and he wants to take over, and he wants Poison Ivy to help her, help him. And that's the end of issue one. That's good. Now, I gotta say, the artwork was great on that. I really liked it. The story was fun. It, it, it had the fun moments you would expect with Harley Quinn in it and Poison Ivy. But it also leads into an interesting story, and I'm looking forward to reading it. And that one I'm giving a five. That one I enjoyed mm -hmm. a lot. It was a fun book to read. That's, that's really nice. Yeah, it really is. Now, next up, going back to Marvel. I read that, and I actually gave it away to a friend of mine because he called me or texted me the day that came out and said put it aside for him. And I totally forgot, and I felt bad. So... <laughs> I had oh, I had I had my own copy and I was like I'll tell you what nice I was like I'll you. give you I'll give you my copy. Oh, he was nice. like oh thanks I'm like you don't even have to pay for it. He's like great. Oh. And he goes you can read it first. And I said oh thanks. <laughs> I'm like because I am. I go, that was that was absolutely going to happen anyway. I know right. I go, <laughs> so you did read it. Oh of course. All right. So this is Spider Man. I can't even imagine. You don't even understand how much I loved this book. Settle down. <laughs> so this this book surprised me actually because um all right so this is is this has been a highly advertised book because it was written by jj abrams and his son henry abrams jj yes jj yes jj right away jj anything for you jj <laughs> and the art was sarah Pichelli, who who is one of the one of the one of my favorite spider-man artists yes, she she's used great. to she used to do ultimate spider-man and she's just she's fantastic and the ink 
inking assistant is Elizabetta D'Amico and colorist by Dave Stewart, who's also awesome. Oh, and lettering by VC's Joe Caramanga. Have yeah. I mentioned that I know him? <laughs> Did you? I've mentioned it. I don't know him, know him, yeah. but he's yeah. he's a friend of uh, one of my other podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have talked about that. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. I thought you mentioned the fact that we've already, we've said his name like twice already on, <laughs> in this podcast. No. Because he's lettered some other stuff. He does a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is this is a book I've been waiting for because J.J. Abrams and his son writing a Spider-Man book mm-hmm. color me intrigued. <laughs> and it is not I didn't read anything about it other than I. other than it's J.J. and his son. That's I didn't it. read what it was supposed to be or anything. Yep. So I was very surprised. I have all kinds of questions. I was very surprised by this. It was a very, very good book. So it starts out after in the aftermath of a big battle with Spider-Man. And right away, you can see, this is why I love Sarah Bichelli's art. She's amazing. Yep. You can tell he's badly hurt. Badly hurt. His arm is, bro- is like destroyed. Ooh, the arm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, you see. His it. arm is basically just hanging on. And Mary Jane's trying to find Spider-Man in the rubble. <laughs> he kind of like comes out, he's like, ouchie. No, I'll tell you, when I, started, when I first saw this page, all I could think of was the 9-11 comic. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh my God, it's all yes. that destruction and all that terrible, yeah. terrible stuff. Because it's major. Yeah. 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 And then you turn the page and you see Spider-Man, not only is he all beat up, but his right arm is jacked. Yeah. It is like torn to shreds. Yep. So I'm like, I mean, if that was Wolverine, I'm like, whatever. But I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I know Spider-Man, he has like a good healing, but geez. Not that good. So I'm like, all right, this is insane. So there's a little, a fun little, I mean, it's, a, it's you know. Well, yeah, they're reunited in the aftermath <laughs> of a battle. Yeah, so, but it still is a fun little interaction between Spidey and Mary Jane. Right. But then something tragic happens, and you see this weird new enemy. Was is he, he even named? He's ca- not even. Ca- Cadaverous. Cadaverous? Cadaverous is his name. He's a giant robotic half man, half machine. Sure. And he has these weird little minions. Yeah, robotic minions. Robotic minions. And he comes back out and he's he attacks Spider-Man again. And then... Is he, is he like yelling that Spider-Man has something he needs? Is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But he, he speaks in like broken sentences. Yeah. So it's, it's weird. But then the most tragic thing you could ever imagine happens. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Mary Jane gets killed. Yeah. She gets impaled and thrown off a bridge. So by this time, this point in the book, when I was reading it, I was like, what is going on? I said the same. I'm like, what just happened here? I'm I was like, like, I just thought this was just going to be, a, you know, your run of the mill Spider-Man, like a good Spider-Man book. Yeah. But just a, this is, this is so much more. Yeah. And then, then every, every page after this is just shock. on the shock. Yes. The shock. Yes. So like you said, Mary Jane gets thrown off the side of the bridge. She dies. Then we go to. Her funeral, where Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is there holding the hand of his son. Ben. Ben. Little red-headed kid. Little red-headed kid. Young kid. I, mm, I don't know how it's gonna old. going to be 10. Yeah, probably like 10, whatever. Of course, Ben's all upset. Naturally, his mom just, I'm like, what? What, yeah. is, what is this? Yeah. This is basically for the rest of the book. I Every time I turn the page, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. Then you turn the page, and it's 12 years later. Yeah. 
Oh, maybe he was younger than 10. Yeah, he's going to be younger than that. Because he's, he's, well, he's in high school. Yeah. So then you turn the page and you see a young teenage Ben Parker uh, getting ready for school. And he goes to school and he sees a kid getting picked on by a Flash Thompson-esque bully. Yep. Which was nice. A nice kind of callback. And, of course. He's going to intervene. He intervenes. Yeah. And throws the bully through a door into He's, a classroom. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he throws him through a door into the classroom. And then, you know, he gets, <clears throat> he's in the principal's office. And then you see that his father, Peter, is shown up to pick him up. And he wasn't even supposed to be in town. He wasn't that's, supposed that's to be in town. That's when we find out that Peter is a dad who's absent. Yes. Absentee dad. With a hook hand. Yep. He lost, he lost the arm. So if you go back to the page where he's at the funeral, you can tell he's got his arm buttoned up. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a nice conversation between Peter and... That's a great conversation. It is. Yeah. In which you find out it's it's very well written. Yeah. But you find out everything you need to know. Peter is an absentee dad. He's a journalist who goes off, you know, chasing down stories around the world. Yeah. So he's never home. And Ben's being raised by Aunt May. Ben's being raised by Aunt May. And of course, Ben is very resentful that Peter's not around. And the thing is, is that they, the, the argument that they have here doesn't end on a I hate you moment or anything like that. Right. It's just like, drive safe. Right. I'll see you later. And he gets out and decides to walk home. They just have a father-son fight. Right. And it's just, and you can tell Peter's still Peter. Mm-hmm. And Ben's very much the son of Peter and Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Ben is very upset. Yeah, and the loss the loss is still there because you can tell he looks like he probably never recovered from the loss of his mom. Right. But yeah, but there's no "I hate you" or any yeah. any stupid you know typical yeah stuff like that. Yeah. So then Ben comes home, <laughs> and also at this point we're still it's still we're still unclear as to what he knows right about right yep Peter. Mm-hmm. So, um, he comes home and tries to open the door and he can't, his hand stuck, <laughs> his hand sticks. So, so he struggles door. and then he rips the door off the hinges. He just totally rips the door off the hinges. He totally rips the door off the hinges. The only, and this is the only thing that was a little odd, not really odd to me, but so then we go to the next scene where he's, where Ben has fallen asleep in his bed. Yeah. With a picture of Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aunt May comes home, and they have a nice conversation. She's like, "You want to tell me about the door?" <laughs> yeah, but and which is fine. But then he said, he basically said, um, "The old one called me names," which I'm fine. But I'm like, that was just a joke, basically, because she's like, "What's what, what about what happened to the door?" He's like, right. "He called me names." But the only thing is, for me, I'm like, "So wait, did he get a whole new door?" Maybe <laughs> he, he it's, it's enough time has passed between him ripping the door open and his encounter with, with Aunt May that he could have replaced it. Maybe I guess, but that's that's a weird like how does a teenager like get, I don't know it's just a weird logistics thing yeah. for me. Where, like yeah. how does a teenage kid go out and get a new door? I and, assumed it wasn't fixed. Yeah, pro- yeah, I guess. But anyway, so then we go back to the next day where he goes to school. And this encounter is great too. Yes, and there's a new student in school and uh she's very interesting 
She has her own style. Yeah, she's got like weird, like kind of punk makeup going on. She's got attitude. She's sassy. Yeah. And the two of them kind of hit it off and start talking, but they don't hit it off like friends. They hit it off no. like they're talking sass to each other. Yeah. And she's kind of like, get out of my face. And she has green paint on her, which is interesting. Yeah. Go- made me think that I, she's going to be an Osborne. Mm. <laughs> mm, could be, yes. And then, then, we, then we see the dude that killed Mary Jane sitting in an apartment. Is he sitting in an apartment or a lab something, or something? Yeah, something. He's just eating hot dogs <laughs> or sausages. It's, yeah, and but he's really he's he's weird looking. So I guess he's like a cyborg or something. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he ever gets out of that suit. I yeah, think he's it part look of it. Like it. Yeah, but he does take you know he he reveals his face. Like, but there's some there's kind of a uh, captain uh, or a Mister Freeze aspect here because he's. <laughs> He's dwelling on a person yes. suspended in fluid. Yes, which we don't know right. who, who it is yet. Um, and and another great scene. I love this scene, too. This one? Yeah. Yeah. Great conversation between Peter and May. And then we get to this crazy dream sequence. Oh, yeah. With Mary Jane. Pete, ben is dreaming about Mary Jane covered in blood. And then he kind of drowns in blood. And it's just like. Whoa. And then he wakes up screaming and on the ceiling. He's stuck to the ceiling. He's stuck to the ceiling. Yeah. And this is where we all, as readers, we figure out he doesn't, he didn't have his powers or or he didn't know he, he didn't had powers. He didn't know he had powers. Like he beat up that bully and I thought maybe at that point he knew he had powers. Right. But he didn't know he had powers. So, no. Yeah. So we probably was just like, oh, I got lucky or something. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And then the door knob thing, he was probably like, I don't know what that was, but right. okay. Right. But yeah, so he wakes up on the ceiling, and he's basically saying, what's going on here? Yeah, and May's there, and she knows what's going on. Yeah. So then May takes him up to the attic and locks him in up there for the rest. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he takes May takes him up to the attic and basically gives him a box. No, he tells her he tells he tells him to look around the boxes and look at the boxes on yes. the floorboards. Yeah. And that's when he finds Peter's costume. Right. So he opens up this box, he's got all kinds of pictures of the family, Peter's press badge, um, some great letters and stuff, and then of course the Spider Man costume to be continued. Yeah. This is such an amazing book. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, I was not disappointed at all. I was like I was like, this this, this, what? (laughs) Yes, basically. So I'm kinda glad that I didn't read up too much on this. Yeah. So I knew like like, I knew they were going to have a villain called Cad- Cadaverous. Oh, you did? But I didn't yeah. know anything about him yeah. other than his name. And, of course, you know, I knew JJ. and his, So I'm like, all right. So I didn't, I tried not to read too much about it. Yeah. So I, you know, I could be. Yeah, I was like surprised. I said, I thought it was just going to be another really good Spider-Man story. Yeah, just any other Spider-Man story. And this way surpassed anything that I was hoping for. Yeah. And I loved it. And I'm struggling to decide if I want to go with just a six or a full gauntlet. Oh, that's a full gauntlet. Okay, yeah. All right, I'll go with a full gauntlet, yeah. yeah. There is not a single thing about this I didn't like. Yeah, it's great. So, and I can't wait to read more. All right, and my final book is another Marvel book that is a mini series, And it is Web of Black Widow, number one. And... This is another book written by Jody Hauser, who did the Harley Quinn oh, okay. and Poison Ivy. Yep. And artist is Stephen Mooney. Uh, color is Triona Farrell. Letters 
BC's Corey Pettit. And it's um it's pretty interesting. I kinda like it. And it's basically a um a story about Black Widow. She's on kind of a spy mission, solo spy mission. She's kind of playing this sexy vixen thing to mm-hmm. try to, you know, um woo the bad guy and stuff. And she's at a cocktail party and she winds up running into Tony Stark. Who's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> she's like, nah, I can't tell you. And um, so there's some cool spy stuff that goes on in here. And um, <laughs> so she she kind of, she tells Tony, you know, just stay out of the way. And, uh, you know, you don't need to get involved in this. Mm-hmm. And she whispers it in his ear. <laughs> and then she walks away and Tony goes, I swear, she drugged me again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then she she does her spy thing. She goes in and she she downloads some some files and stuff. You know, it's kind of your typical uh, spy thing. Yeah. And then it flips over to a, a past story of hers. Goes into a little back little backstory. Um, this is kind of a cool splash page. Yeah, of, splash of page. Yeah. Her taking out somebody. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. And um. You know, it's it's kind of your typical um, Black Widow story, but it's kind of what I wanted it to be. Another, That's amazing. Another great yeah splash page. Yeah, the art is really I really like the art. And then um, so she fights all these bad guys to escape, and then she and then Iron Man confronts her on the roof of the building, <laughs> and she's like, "You should have just went away." <laughs> but um, but it's a good. So it's a good um introduction to a good to a really good black widow spy story Mm -hmm. which is kind of what i was hoping it would be um and um i'm not sure how much iron man's going to be involved but it's still pretty cool and um i enjoyed it it's what i wanted it's not groundbreaking but it's still very enjoyable very entertaining and i'll go with a four it was a good first issue. Mm-hmm. I really do. I really enjoyed the art. And I'm looking forward to seeing where this story goes. Yeah, it looks very nice. Mm. Is this an ongoing series or a mini series? It's a mini series. Right. Um, I forget how many issues. Maybe six. Remember back in the old days when it's we used to four or six. very boldly put it on top? Yeah, I know. One in a three issue mini series. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So That's I didn't cool. even realize that was a mini series <clears throat> until I read it, I think, in Comic Shop News. Yeah. I was looking at the upcoming books and said, "Oh yeah, it was it was Web of Black Widow issue two, and it said of four or yeah. six or whatever." Like sometimes the only way I know is when I when I ring when I'm ringing people out, it scans them and it'll and tell come, me. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, miniseries." Like, oh, that's a miniseries. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, good selection of books this week. This yeah, month. some good stuff. Some yep. good stuff. Um, not all of it, but mostly yeah. good. Yeah, some bad ones. <laughs> I think we each had a couple of one or two duds. Duds. Yeah. But anyway, so that's it for our reviews. This evening, that was always fun. So now we got a couple couple of things we just want to talk about, and the first thing is Spider Man. So to me, this was a non-event, basically. So what do you tell everybody what what was going on? <sighs> well, I'm sure everybody knows, so I'll go over it really quickly. There was a whole thing between Spider Man, uh, between Sony and Disney fighting over Spider Man. And the rights to Spider-Man and Sony was going to basically pack up their Spider-Man ball and go home. Mm-hmm. And Disney, you know, there was, and there was all kinds of rumors. Oh, Disney wanted 
50%. Oh, no, Disney only wanted 30%. Oh, Sony wants to sell Spider-Man back to Disney for $10 billion. Yeah, the original this, the, the yeah. original deal with them was that Disney got merchandising mm-hmm. in 5%, I think. Something like that, yeah. And uh, then there was rumors that they wanted a higher percentage of, of and all the rights and all that. And everybody's and they wanted and everybody. And, and, and Marvel puts... I think twenty five percent of the movie cost already yeah, and all like that, that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, all that happened, and all of a sudden, the internet exploded and said he's out of the Marvel universe. And I sat back and I watched. <laughs> I watched all the video bloggers yeah, and all the yeah. and all the and all the online bloggers and all the speculation hounds out there like turn this into like the end of Spider Man yeah. in the Marvel universe, and yeah. I just kind of. And, God, just, and everyone come up to me and be like, "Can you believe?" I'm like, no, "Don't even worry about it." That, that's what I, I was like, the whole time. I'm like, <laughs> like don't even it's worry not about over. It. <laughs> and then there was a part where, where all these articles that came out where where it said, um, "Oh, Sony says the door is closed for Spider-Man returning." You know, for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, I hate those that's, I know. I, I'm like, give me a break. Like, that's like just stop even reading that. That stuff. is pure clickbait. Yeah. Right so, there. Yeah. So I ignore all that stuff. And then it became a week. And then I think it rolled into a second. It only went two weeks. It was the shortest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It, was it feels sh- longer. It was but yeah. the shortest it thing was, in the world. Yeah, was, and they were like, they're like, yeah. oh, they came to a deal. And I'm like, duh. <laughs> How did the world get did all you, wrapped up in did, this? Did you really not think? This is what you, happens in an instantaneous information yes. world. And of course, there was a big fan outcry, which is. Good or bad. It depends and, on the situation. And expected. Mm-hmm. You know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there was even a thing where I guess Sony and Disney stocks dropped at first. Yeah, because everybody, got, everybody panicked. And they right. were like, they're like, all oh, these movies are going to trash now. And all the people that invest who don't follow the crap, but they invest. Right. And they're like, well, we're just going to pull our money out now because Marvel's not going to be right. making these movies. So, yeah. So then now word has come out that... Um, they came to a temporary deal, so Spider-Man would not right away be leaving. Um, so they came to a to a deal where there's they're gonna have Spider-Man's gonna have one more picture. Yeah, which is what it was supposed to be anyway. Spider- right. The original deal was Spider-Man was they were gonna do three Spider-Man movies, and he was gonna appear in a few Marvel movies. And, right. And they were basically done. I mean, all they had to do was just make the third Spider-Man movie. And then I think have him guest star in one more Marvel movie. Right. There were all those rumors that they were going to use him to help improve um, Captain Marvel. Right. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, I don't either. There's still a lot of stupid hate out there for Captain Marvel for no reason at all. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so of course the mo- the next Spider-Man movie will be coming out in July 2021, which is still how it would have been anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whoop de doo. This whole it, thing. It was nothing. I was just like, whatever. And then. Who knows what will happen after that, but I mean, unless Sony is completely stupid, it's going to continue. Yeah. But this- it's just going to go back to negotiations again. Right. As long as, it's, as long as it's working, Disney will pay money, and when it's not working, Sony will sell it back to them. Right. But they have seen they from this whole fiasco that it's not just, oh, we'll just take Spider-Man back and that's it. No. If you do that, everybody's going to freak out. Yeah. So they- I. They should have at least learned that much. Yep. Yep. Marvel. Um, Spider-Man is in the Marvel Universe now, for better or worse. Right. But what kills me is there's still crazy rumors. 
for example, there is word that, which this might not be so bad, but there's word that possibly part of the new deal is that Spider-Man will be able to be in Venom 2. Oh, why well, is he not supposed to be in Venom 1? Was he purposely out of Venom 1 because of, because of a Marvel deal? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, basically. All right. Because, well, not, because Venom was not a part of the deal. So they couldn't have Venom. But Venom's not a Marvel movie. It's a Sony movie. Yes. And Sony owns Spider-Man. Right. So couldn't they just put him in there anyway? No. They couldn't? No. Because of the split rights now? Yes. Okay. Because they didn't split the rights to Venom. Yeah. And that just means that that would open up the door to put Venom into the Marvel Universe now, too. Possibly, Because if if you start guest starring Spider-Man with any other characters, then by default, they become a part of the major major Marvel Universe. Right. And there's also another rumor now that Kevin Feige is planning to kill off Spider-Man so that he won't be in the MCU anymore. That seems a bit extreme to me. I don't know. I don't think Kevin Feige is going to make a bad decision. And I so, don't Until he gets to that point where the drugs get to him too much. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But anyway, there you go. The non-Spider, the non-story Spider-Man story yeah. is over <clears throat> for now. Yeah, that didn't excite me too much. Not really. <laughs> but I'm, you know, hey, it is least, comic news. I am at least happy that Spider-Man, you know, it's over. Yeah. It's done with. Yep. At least for now. Okay. Next so, up. Next up, the CW show, The Arrowverse, is soon. This year, going to be doing another big crossover. Uh, the biggest crossover they've done. I'm so excited for this. And this is going to basically be the... Uh, the swan song for Arrow. Yes. This is but go- not the end all of Arrow. This is going to be the their version of the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep. I'm avoiding trailers right now. I'm avoiding all yeah, of I've the been, stuff. Yeah. But the, the Kingdom Come Superman picture release that they did, did you see that? Yep. The, the Kingdom Come picture, uh, whew, amazing. He looks stoic. Oh, you mean this one? He looks older. He's this. He's, he's wearing this Superman Returns costume, but with the Kingdom Come symbol. This is Brandon Routh, by the way. Yep, he's got he's about. got he's got red briefs on, which does make me wonder how they're going to do that story wise. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm interested. No, but I'm interested <laughs> to see how they do it. Apparently, Brendan Routh is leaving Legends of Tomorrow, Tomorrow. Uh, because they're introducing the Asian guy. I can't remember his name. That becomes uh, the Adam this season. <gasps> oh, right. So I think next year he's off mm-hmm. the show. I don't know if it's next year or the year after, but, but how does at some he point then become Kingdom Come Superman? He's not going to become him. It's going to be alternate realities. Right, right. Okay. So he's just going to show up. Yeah. And, um, and someone's going to say, "You look like you look like you look like uh, Ray," and he'll be like, "Yeah, it's similar." And then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you're going to do. So this thing is going to be so huge; it's actually going to spill out over into January. Yeah, they are. They said all it's along. Five they said all along it was going to be a two part. Well, not a two parter. It's a four or five part five. series. Yeah. That the first half is going to happen before the vacation, before the the holiday break. Yeah, and the other half will happen after the holiday break. Right, and it's going to have not just Brandon Roth, Ruth as Kingdom Come Superman revisiting his character that he only played once mm-hmm. in Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you think about it. 
Superman Returns is a direct sequel to the Christopher Reeves mm-hmm. Superman movies. Okay? Yeah. So that means that this Kingdom Comes of Man is that Christopher Reeves-esque nope. character. No? You're disagreeing? Mm-hmm. Why? Because I didn't like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't accept that movie as a sequel. <laughs> Uh, but we also get um, we also get the cast from Smallville making another return. Yep, um, a couple of them. Yeah, um, the the guy that plays Luther says he's not gonna be in it. I still think he might be catfishing everybody, but maybe uh, one of the reasons why he said he couldn't do it is because CW uh, his dad's sick and CW wasn't giving him a a firm answer on anything. They weren't saying um, what his shooting schedule would be. They weren't saying, uh, okay. they weren't saying what the, what the, what the script was going to be like. And he was mm. like, I can't do that. He's like, I, I need to be around for my dad. So, mm. which is a perfectly valid reason. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, no yeah. reason why fan bases should be upset about that. Right. Um, now there's a couple of interesting, other interesting things. So of course, Tom Welling and Erica Durant, you were just talking about mm-hmm. that. They were in Smallville. Um, of course, we also know this is going to introduce the Batwoman show. Yep. Well, she's already been on it. She was on last year. Yeah, she the yeah. character, but yeah. this is actually going to push into her show. Into her show, the, into her show, show starts yeah. the season. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's actually going to have Black Lightning yep. as part of it. Yep. That's the how 90, big it 90s Flash is making a reappearance. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, uh, we know Jay Garrick is making another reappearance. Yep. Um, we just, I just saw a thing here that the Huntress is going to be in it. Oh, from the nineties show. That's, uh, that's who it is. Yeah. It's the birds of prey Huntress. Yep. She's coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that, uh, the Robin from the sixties Batman show will be on it. Yep. Uh, we know that, uh, that the guy, the, the, the Conway, Kevin Conway will be playing Batman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And we know that Mark is, Hamill yeah. will be playing Joker. Yeah. Um, is that or is that still a rumor? I think that's. I think that's. That's. We know. We know yeah. Kevin Conroy's in it, but I think Mark no, Hamill's yeah. gonna be in it too. Um, there is also now a rumor that Linda Carter might be playing Wonder Woman. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yes, it would. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, it would. So this is gonna be the biggest fan gasm I've ever had. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? This is. I I've kind of. I think last year I was starting to kind of lose interest in some of the CW stuff, but this is kind of reigniting my interest. No, not me. I've been watching all these shows I don't watch on CW is I don't watch Arrow because I didn't get on early enough. Me too. Um, I don't, I've never watched Arrow because I watched, I, I watched part of season one and then for some reason I couldn't keep up with it. Mm. And so I, I, and I watched a season here or there, but I didn't ever bother to go back and I, follow I up. came into it late. Mm-hmm. So I never, I never really watched it. I never caught up. I never to watched it, so. Smallville, but that was like Maybe. I watched a couple of episodes here or there. Yeah, um, I didn't watch Smallville. And I don't. I haven't. I haven't watched Black Lightning, but the episodes I watch, I did. I did like a lot. I watched the first season of Black Lightning, yeah. which was good, but yeah. then I kind of lost interest. Uh, but all the main like CW stuff. Yeah. Like the. I've been. I still been Supergirl, watching Flash and Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. I, I actually I still Flash. love Legends of Tomorrow. Me too. That's the best. Show. To me, that's the best show out of all of them. Which is funny because it's kind of like it's the one that not people would say that. Yeah, yeah. It's you wouldn't a, think that. I love it because it doesn't it doesn't take itself seriously. Yep. It's just they're like they're like, hey, giant teddy bear. Yeah. Crazy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna have fun with this thing. And then you know they brought in um, Constantine. That was great. Yeah, and, that was really good. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm so looking forward to this. It's, it's gonna be really good. Yeah, it's gonna this is gonna be really good. And it's it's been cool that they've kind of been doing it. Unlike the movies, they've been kind of doing it the smart way, where they've slowly been building to it. Yeah. Like with last year's crossover and stuff, you yeah. know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, the Elseworld thing was a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, I believe the well, we saw the the Anti Monitor. That guy's great. Yes. We saw him on a few. I don't know if. Oh it wait, was... the Anti Monitor? I haven't seen the Anti Monitor. No, the Monitor. I'm yeah. sorry. Excuse me. We see. We saw him. I don't know if we saw him on all of the season finales, but we saw him on a couple of them. In different... Yeah. No. Yeah, he was on the season finale for Arrow. Um, the season finale for Flash showed the timeline changing. Yeah. And the he was in Supergirl, season... but not on the season finale. I don't think. No, he was on Supergirl. I thought he was. Uh, it ended with Leviathan on Supergirl. Yeah, but I think he was in an earlier episode, oh, maybe, maybe briefly. I don't know. And then. Um... And then the, I know the pilot for Flash is going to have is going to have yeah he's going to be on it, yeah. right away. So so they've been doing they've been doing it building it yeah the good way yeah. But anyway yeah this is, it's going to be awesome. I That's can't very to soon it. too. That's next month. Yeah, like three weeks away maybe. No, I think it's a little more than that. Oh, it's no, it starts December eighth. Oh no, but I mean the shows start. Oh the yeah the shows yeah they're coming yeah. up yeah yeah so good stuff so good stuff all right. So we just have one more thing. I want to do two things. I'll be quick about. I'll be quick about the other one. All right. Well, let me. I'll just finish that one. This yeah. one. Next one first. Because yeah. I'm a little disappointed about it, but kind of, but also not. I don't know. But anyway, it recently came out that Hulu, the Hulu series Ghost Rider series, has been canceled. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Even though I guess they were still doing the the Robbie Reyes. Yeah, they were still doing it. I loved that character. The character in Angels of Shield, I thought that was really good. Yes, he was. Yeah. But I would still rather see yeah. the motorcycle. I think they I think the, I think the rumor has it that they pulled that because they want to use Ghost Rider in the movies. Maybe. Maybe I had read they said creative differences, but that could That's part of it too. But then yeah, the other thing the other thing was there was a rumor that Kevin Fergie wanted to use him in the in the yeah. in the but Marvel universe. Because I guess they said they're still going on with the Hellstrom show, which I didn't hear about that, but that's cool. Yeah. Which because they were gonna do like a spirits of vengeance thing. I thought they were gonna do like a uh, like a creatures in a night kind of a thing, you know? Where they were gonna kind do, of, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do like yeah, werewolf by night, moon night, Mm-mm. ghost rider, Amy yeah. Hellstrom. Who knows? So I don't know. A little disappointing, but maybe we haven't heard the last of Ghost Rider. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Because I love Ghost Rider. Yeah, I want to see Ghost Rider. Bring me some Ghost Rider. I want a good Ghost Rider movie or yes. a show, yes. as opposed to the trash that we got. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. On that note, that's uh, enough of that topic. So, yeah. what else did you want to discuss? Uh, the only thing is, I want to just say that I finished watching all of Dark Crystal. I have only watched the first episode so is far. Very good. I enjoyed the first episode a lot. Yeah. One of my friends uh, posted something about Jim Henson uh, online, talking about the things that he had done. And I went on there and I made a comment and I said, can you just imagine a world without Jim Henson? Because I don't think I want to. I mean, just imagine everything he did that affected your childhood. Oh, yeah. Sesame Street, Muppets, mm-hmm. freaking uh, Labyrinth, all the movies he did. Labyrinth, Dark Crystal. Yeah, yeah. All that, all those stuff. So Muppet Babies. Yep. But um, <laughs> the Dark Crystal was so, so good. I watched the whole thing and then I watched the making of it afterwards, which I thought, I was so glad I did that. It was like an hour and a half. It wasn't just like a little thing. It was oh, like really? an hour and a half. Oh, cool. And I was I'll like, to oh, check that out. Yeah, that's totally worth watching. But um, yeah, it's 
just that the first episode that I watched, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the first episode, you're like, ah, Delfling just died. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get any better for any of them for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the action scenes, there's a lot of good combat, there's a lot of good story. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I have, I feel like it's, I need to watch the whole thing over again. It's, it's, the visuals are stunning. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, there's very little that they did that it was all puppets. Mm. Uh, they made a point to make it all puppets. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, obviously they used computer to computer stuff to, the, they had scenes where they had people behind the puppets doing stuff or they were wearing those outfits that they right, would yeah. remove. So those scenes like that that were done, but. Such a good show. Hmm. So all I'm just going to say about that is I finished watching it. It was great. Everybody should watch it. I'm looking forward to watch watching the rest of it. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. I can't, I was debating on whether or not I wanted to watch rewatch the movie first. Oh, I'm going to watch it now. Yeah, I didn't. End I up, never. No, but not many people love the movie. Yeah, um, but I'm going to rewatch the movie now. I haven't watched the movie in a long time. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a little hard to go back to. The level of technology they were using then, because yeah. I mean, the Skeksis look great in the original movie, mm. but I think the Gelflings look way better now than they right, did then. Yeah. So, yeah, I still kind of, I don't know. We'll see. I'll watch it at some point. But. Yeah, I think you'll like it. <sighs> Just an hour a night for ten nights. That's all yeah. I need. Yeah, I started it. I will continue it. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Nope. That's it. All right. Well, that's all I got. So I guess that'll uh, end it for this evening. Wraps it up. Another great show. Uh, great stuff going on. Glad Spider Man's back. Anyway, sure, we'll talk about we'll talk about Joker next time. I'm sure. Oh, that's right. Joker comes out next week. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's such a funny one because I was so against it at first. Not me. And then yeah, sure. Well, I was just like, I don't need to see a Joker origin story and all. You know, it's just I didn't see the point of the movie. Yeah, yeah. But the more I've seen on it, the more it just it totally sold me on yeah. it. So I'm all in. I can't wait to see it. All right. So next next month, we'll hopefully be talking about the Joker yep. and other things. Cool. But uh, until then, thanks for joining me, Dario. Thank you very much for having and, me. Uh, we'll see you all next month. Good see night, ya. everybody. Thank you for your cooperation. If you would like to contact the New England Society of Geeks podcast, you can do so by emailing us at N-E-S-O-G-Pod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at N-E-S-O-G Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at N-E-S-O-G Pod. In addition, you can find us on Facebook at our New England Society of Geeks page. And while you're at it, we would really appreciate it if you could give us some ratings or reviews on wherever you listen to us. It would help other people find us and enjoy us as much as you hopefully do. We thank you all for listening. 